lots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Friday, everybody. We are live from the Discovery Design Studios. You guys out there cracking it. Cracking on, people. Who are building your awesome businesses and everything else. You have to know that Discovery Design is where it's at. Truck Care and Manufacturing, Inc., and this is what it's all about, guys. Building your truck from the ground up, your fleet from the ground up, painting those beautiful trucks of yours, putting the conveyors on, putting the extra special tools on, you name it, you got it. And my guys over at Discovery Design have it for you. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. How are we doing over there, man? Are we, uh, we okay? Uh, little audio issue on the old, uh, on the old, what am I hearing? Am I hearing me? Oh no! I took I took my thing my my computer out. I, I got a big story to tell about the fact that I got my computer fixed, but I got it at a uh, rather off the grid place that was recommended by none other than Matt himself. So definitely uh, going to tell you that story because these guys were fantastic, and so uh, who knows they might become another sponsor uh, of the show. What's that? Oh. Oh, the buzz I'm hearing on the on the uh, audio for the it's like we're uh somebody said the buzzing stopped, but it almost stopped right there what's that ah right, yeah, right okay, well, we're trying to uh resolve the uh the buzzing it's a it's uh those uh those damn cords, I guess, right? It's the it's the abuse of cords that goes on. We're going to fix that audio uh, for you guys and get it together uh, ASAP in terms of the uh, in terms of what we're going to be doing here with the 
with the chords and that kind of thing. If you're picking us up on the stream, hopefully you're doing uh, just that. Someone inquired just the other day about the possibility. Yeah, really loud here, they say. So uh, if you're just – and I'll, I'll get you guys uh, – we'll get you guys back up to speed. Just hook up, and then uh, we will uh, – cutting in and out badly, they're saying. I'm just giving you an update on what they're – what they're telling us, yeah. Let's do the camera audio for now, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll get it together. And and I guess uh, it sounds like it's just a chord or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's really weird. What do I know? Yeah. Always uh, the uh, it's it's I'm always the uh, little uh, mini engineer here, but it, it, sometimes it happens after. Uh, we've, the studio has been used and yeah, now they, now they say they can't hear me. It's silent. So I, I don't know whether it's just the camp. Oh, okay. Okay. They've unplugged it and then plugging back in. And then we're going to, we're going to eventually guys, uh, get everything back up to speed for you in terms of, of a, uh, of a new cable. So. I, I'm I, I'm surprised we can't really generally like know that beforehand, but when that when that happens, so we're uh, uh, we're sorry about that. If you if you want to go ahead and uh, yeah, Paula, thanks. I got this shirt. I'm wearing my. I normally am not, you know, got this shirt in Italy, so I uh, I uh, wear my Italy shirt. And what a great country Italy is. So Rebecca West says she can hear me now, but she's hearing me on the speakers. Yeah, okay. Okay, so okay, all right. Um, you said well, how about a new cord? Is there a new cord we can use? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we just turn it off and on, huh? I don't know. I'm just. You never know whether it's just. But it sounds like it's something coming through uh, the box there. But uh, the sound. I sound far away to them because I'm on the I'm on the camera, uh, but but that that's yeah we're I well yeah um, yeah I I don't know what I don't okay I I don't know whether that I know I'm not really a fan of of that because I don't see the discovery design thing and and the wider shot but but if we could if we could figure something out. Uh, the app is working though, folks. So if you can kind of, maybe you can, uh, use the app and, and get it together that way. But, uh, yeah. Um, and and we're going to try to like plug a cord into the, to, to the box and, and, and get it together that way. And, and, uh, uh, we, uh, we can, we can, we can, uh, fix it that way. But, uh, right now the, uh, the, thing is 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 down so we're going to get a different uh uh box in here and figure that out you know that box uh that particular box it might not if it's not the cord that that box is i'm not you i'm not having anybody in here right now so if we want to try to use that and see whether that works or not and then we can troubleshoot you guys can be with me as we troubleshoot this damn thing and figure and, and figure it out uh in, in the meantime if you can hear me uh and and you can you can check it out. The the I don't know whether you picked up on the latest story here because the, the news media now, you know, NBC News has begun this brand new effort, a stop the hate campaign. And I I'm I'm about I'm about done with 
the news media and other people talking about Donald Trump's hate and all, and all this hate that we're supposedly seeing. When I just got through watching this Bay Area professor in California, I just got through watching him charged with assaulting seven conservatives with a bike lock at a free speech rally a year ago. And he gets three years probation, this guy, for attacking Trump supporters with a bike lock, this guy. Three years probation. And we went through an entire pre-summer there with the with before the election of November of 2016, went through the entire damn summer watching individuals beaten, watching individuals attacked. Since then, we have seen Republican congressmen shot on, on a baseball field. We have seen people fired for daring to go against the left-wing mob. We have seen people uh, in, the, in the situation where uh, they have, they have thro- gotten eggs thrown in their face. We have seen people who have had their cars vandalized. And so pardon us if we're just, uh, oh, then we just got a crazy buzz on here now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, it might be, uh, might be just that cord. Um, and, and, we, and we can figure it out. We're going to try to get the, uh, yeah, the buzzing sound is back because we, we tried to plug in a different box and it turns out it's actually the cord. And, uh, we, uh, we, we need to be able to find, uh, some other solution. So we're going to try to find a different cord for you, but nonetheless, and then, and then we'll get, we'll, we'll get back up to speed when, when we, uh, uh, when we, we get a different cord in here and 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 plug it in a different a different way but i'm about sick of hearing the journalists and others talk about hate and donald trump's hate when nothing he has done has in any way shape or form created any kind of hate in this country we haven't we even had People who support who don't support President Trump injured have we now? Even though we're as passionate as the rest, we haven't had one journalist ever attacked or any of this other baloney that they're talking about. These fantasies that we're hearing from Jim Acosta and all the other journalists out there about how how threatened they are, and and all these news anchors talking about how threatened they are. Not one example of violence against these guys. Not one example of a situation where these people have been harmed. Not one. And yet we have to continue to listen to these people talk about this mythical hate that's going on. Stop the hate. You know, that hag Stacey Newman and her slow stepson Drew, they, they, were, they invented the idea of hate, which is what ultimately got me fired. They're, they're the ones who are the hateful ones because they want to cut off other people's speech. But Stacey Newman's no different than this Antifa slob who attacked people with a bike lock. Their attacks are just different formulations of their own individual hatred. That's what, that's what their attack is. And so they're no different. But that's what we saw. 
probation this guy gets for bloodying people up with a bike lock. I don't know whether you remember this rally from August. It was uh, a Trump supporter smashed in the head. Is my audio up on, on this computer, by the way? This one that I'm playing here. Is my audio up on this? Okay. Um, this. I'll, I'll, there you go. There. This is a professor who just hit somebody, a Trump supporter, in the head with a bike lock. He's a college professor. Working with Antifa. Yeah, my uh, Scott, we have we have mic issues. We're, we're we're fixing them right now. But but that's a college professor working with Antifa who hit people with bike locks. He assaulted seven different people with a bike lock, hitting them in the head with a bike lock, and bloodying these people. And it's all on videotape. It's caught on videotape. All on video. No, he's bleeding bad. He's bleeding bad. He's bleeding bad. Ben Murphy, you're asking what they ever do with a bike lock guy. That's my point. Is they arrested the guy. But he gets three years probation for for an assault that is captured on videotape. Three years probation for an assault that's captured on videotape in California. And, and that that is what's going on in this world when it comes to so the so-called hate these idiots are babbling about, the journalists are babbling about, and all these people at NBC News that came off out with the stop the hate, erase the hate movement. And the only hate we're seeing is among the left. And also, by the way, among the journalists who are fanning the hate. And believe me, what we what we had was a situation where we we had to hear from the journalists all throughout this campaign for the Trump campaign. We had to hear from them not a uh, an ounce of reporting on the violence meted out against Trump supporters during rallies and beyond. They they looked the other way, and in fact, I dare say, encouraged the violence. Encourage the violence by calling us Nazis and saying that we were a threat to democracy. So, so, so they encouraged the violence. They encouraged people to go ahead and do it. A professor in California doesn't take a bike lock to seven different conservatives who support President Trump. They don't take a bike lock to seven different people if they don't think – 
that they can get away with it. And I'm talking about at a rally where iPhone cameras and everything else are running. They don't do this if they don't think they can get away with it. And you know what? The guy just did get away with it. The guy just did get away with it with three years probation for attacking seven different people. So pardon me if I really don't buy into NBC Universal joining up with uh, this Grammy artist, Princess Nokia. You ready for this one? Yeah. These people are so insufferable. Here's to the people who work every day. The only thing I wish that 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 was in the front of this particular video was another gun ad. Another Bushmaster ad. Another ad for ammunition. That'd be the only, because that's what we need to defend ourselves against NBC Universal and Antifa thugs out there in California, college professors or what have you. How's the audio working now? Still, still buzzing. Yeah. Oh, still trying to figure it out. okay. Sure so, so that, so that, so now you're going to hear the the stop the hate campaign on the part of the uh, on the part of the uh, NBC Universal. The people who work every day to make the world better, stronger, and yeah. I'm just I'm just so tired of listening to these people invent their mythical victimhood. The Jim Acostas of the world and the other individuals who just kind of create this idea somehow that they're the ones under siege. The fact is it's more dangerous to be a Trump supporter in this country than it is to be a member of the left or a member of the press. But yeah, here, I'm just listening. For the- stand for the people who cannot make noise. Let's stand for the people who don't have a voice. Now is the time. Really? Work every day to make the world better, stronger, and great. Let's stand for the people who cannot make noise. Let's stand for the people who don't have a voice. Now is the time, a time for a change, the start of a chapter, the turn of a page. Time to reflect and improve our ways. Join hands together and erase the hate. Now more than ever, is that we need voices whose passion sends power or over. Can we get a little more volume on this too, if you don't mind? Yeah, that's what we need. We need. We, that's what we need. We need more graffiti artists. That's what we need. We we need more. We we need more people spray painting flood walls in St. Louis and and buildings. We need more people. They're, they're showing some person with a spray can. That's what we need. Is the that's what we need. It's like oh, shut your pie hole. And, and, and I'm not being hateful here. I'm being defensive of the people who consistently are getting harmed and injured, not only by the physical acts of the left, but also by the media that excuses said physical acts of the left, and also by the court system that apparently allows you to hit seven conservatives with a bike lock and get away with it. But this is NBC's thing, erase the hate. And again, the only hate I'm seeing is Everywhere there where there's a Trump supporter and the left attacking them, calling them Nazis and beating them up. Here you go. No, I like this. Enjoy this. We need the people that cause the reactions. We need the artists who fight with their passions, who rap and they sing 
Yeah, that's what we need. We need we need more rappers. That's what we need. This is NBC Universal's Erase the Hate Movement. And, and, and so far, the solutions that I'm seeing with them erasing the hate include some more people spray painting things and more rappers. That's apparently what we need. What else do we need, uh, Nokia? Any more ideas? Children in classes. We need the people that cause the reactions. We need the artists who play with their passions, who rap and they sing and they stand into action. We need the leaders who speak to the youth, bringing equality, courage, and truth. Yeah, we need. I think I, I think I just saw. I just I think I just saw a football coach. Might have been the football coach who told the the the, the football team to kneel for the national anthem. Was it that guy? I mean, the, the, folks, I'm telling you, it, it rings hollow, but we're seeing it on down the line. Don't bu- don't believe the erase the hate people, because what they're doing is trying to just simply erase your voices. Keep in mind, this erase the hate p- part of the thing is why Facebook and YouTube and ultimately, to a certain degree, Twitter are attempting to stifle voices of conservatives. Under the guise of erasing the hate. And I go all the way back in time to where we are now, but I go all the way back in time and I blame our own people first. I blame Glenn Beck. I blame the National Review. I blame some individuals over at Fox News. Chris Steyerwalt and Dana Perino and other individuals who perpetuated this idea that Trump himself, because of his policies, was hateful and that Trump supporters were deplorable and Nazi-like. That's how this thing all began. And once these individuals gave a pass and gave a nod and decided that they were going to go ahead and allow us and, and watch us get attacked in, in lines while we're waiting to see uh, some of our, uh, our, our President Trump who's running for president who had our tweets canceled out or our Facebook pages pulled or what have you. That's, those are the individuals who, under the guise of hate, perpetuated where we are now and what we continue to be under, which was, which is a path of assault. And so, and now suddenly they have decided they're going to the opposite direction by creating this mythical idea that we're all a bunch of hateful people. The Trump supporters are, can you give me one example? Can anybody give me one example where we have, had a Trump supporter who has actually been the aggressor and the attacker. Because every time I turn around, when I see these videotapes on YouTube or whatever else, I'm seeing guys knocking hats off of kids wearing Make, Make America Great Again hats. I, I, that, that's what I'm seeing. I, I'm seeing people hit by bike locks and the individuals who hit them, I'm seeing them given three years probation. That's what I'm seeing. So pardon me if I'm just kind of uh, sitting hollow and listening to this because it's, uh, it's crazy. 
But that's what we're getting. It's a new stop the hate movement. And now they're and, and they're using their stop the hate movement to, to pull people off of YouTube, to cancel Facebook accounts, to monitor you on Facebook. And ultimately, believe me, it, it's gonna get it's gonna get even worse. But there this is an invention. But yeah, the the NBC the NBC stop the erase the hate commercial is uh is laughable. Especially when you imagine the, the solutions. I mean, it, come on. Erase the hate. Oh, I know. Erase the hate. And, and, and one of your solutions is showing a bunch of people with spray paint cans to spray, to spray everything. What are they, uh, or more rappers. Or, ba- or, or, or football coaches telling their kids to kneel for the national anthem. I'm sorry. I'm just a little crabby about the erase the hate movement. I'm just a little hateful. I'm not really hateful, but you know what I mean. But believe me, having been a victim of the so-called erase the hate movement, whereas where an elected official named Stacey Newman decided that she was going to use her erase the hate movement to simply erase another voice, although she has been unsuccessful with me at least. But it's coming. They've been going after people on down the line, whether it be on the national level or local level. level and all they have to do is say that you're being hateful and they – believe they have every single right in the world to try to take you out. We got more coming. We've got uh, another example of media bias when it comes to reporting on crimes of congresspeople. You saw with Congressman Collins, you, you saw how he was busted for alleged insider trading. But did, have you seen the stories on Democrat congressmen who have been accused of crimes uh, yeah, no, I know you haven't, have you now? A lot of that kind of gets put under the rug, and so we're going to follow up on that. Uh, Genevieve Wood is going to be on with us at about 7.30, and Jim Talent is going to be on with us at just about 7 o'clock. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
So are we we have no audio on Facebook then.
All right, so we should be back up. Are we back up on Facebook then? So we are back. I don't. I still don't see us up on Facebook, though. I, I don't see the. Uh... Okay. So we are back, Radio Free Almond, live from the Discovery Design Studios. Hopefully you guys will get a chance to get down to Santino's Cigars and Cocktails at some point this weekend. Check it out. They've got some... They have your bottle, as they say. They have your bottle there at Tito's Cigars and Cocktails right off of Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold. Thank you so much for your support of Radio Free Almond Santinos, uh, Mike and Shannon Marino. Thank you guys for all that you guys are doing for me and for all you guys are doing for the show. So we appreciate you as always. And don't forget, I, I, I'm still not I, I'm, I'm still not. I don't know why I'm not seeing. There it is. Okay, now now we're now we're uh, closely back up, at least on a different angle, and we're trying to. Is the audio going through Facebook now too? Okay, just want to make sure. Okay, then we're gonna we're gonna switch to the new one and 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 uh, figure that out. So I don't know whether you heard this. This is another. Th- this guy will get ten thousand times the coverage, especially on NBC that normally a person would get. And, yeah, Amy, I know it sounds like I'm in a tunnel. I guess we're trying to figure out the audio issues as it is now. Uh, but the audio is uh, kind of is kind of crazy, so we're just trying to to fix it and figure it out uh, there on Facebook. But the stream is working, so if you guys want to tune in and, and and pop the app up and then just sync it with the uh, Facebook page, that that will be fine too. So we have individuals because whenever it's a whenever it's a uh, uh, a, a, a person who makes some kind of statement that happens to be uh, the wrong statement. Now, uh, okay, now are we on a different camera now? This one right here. Uh, okay. Uh, all right, because we were we were on the other one for a while there, and now we're on uh, now we're on this one. Okay, we're figuring it out as we go along. So what happens is 
you have the coverage of the of the congressman who has been accused Collins, who has been accused of a number of uh, different insider training activities, uh, uh, trading activities, and you will notice that the media made a huge deal out of this guy. And, and you know, the fact of the matter is, it is a, it is a huge deal. I mean, it, it is a, a problem that we have a Republican congressman who is charged with insider training, I, trading, trading. And I, I understand all that, but he's a Republican, so he's getting an inordinate amount of coverage compared to the kind of coverage that corrupt Democrats get. And I'm not trying to say this is all tit for tat and that somehow it forgives the alleged crimes of this individual. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when you have a GOP congressman who is accused of something getting 18 times the coverage and this has been quantified by my friends over at the uh, Media Research Center. When, it, when it's getting 18 times the coverage that corrupt Democrats are getting, then you start to figure, oh, I see. So if you're a Republican and you are accused, you get wall-to-wall covered because you're uh, somehow just simply reinvigorating the presupposed notions about the Republican Party, but if you're a Democratic congressman, for instance, uh, Democratic Congressman Fata of Pennsylvania, during the year and a half period in between his indictment and conviction for bribery and fraud, and this is a Democratic congressman, by the way, so for this period of time, and it's a year and a half where they had a where they had a trial. And this individual, ABC, CBS, NBC, morning and evening programs, managed to cover 68 seconds of this individual's trial. 68 seconds of a bribery trial involving a Democratic congressman from Pennsylvania. Now, Collins, so far, CBS has devoted the most coverage hyping the story for seven minutes and six seconds so far. ABC came in second, offering five minutes and 41 seconds. And in a close third, NBC highlighted the accusations against him for five minutes and 37 seconds. Now, keep in mind, that is an eternity in the television news business. That's an, that's an eternity, five minutes or whatever. And so... Uh, do we do we we don't have a battery problem or anything, right? We okay. All right, so we're we're plugged in, so we're fine. So when you have coverage of a congressman just accused for seven minutes, as opposed to a coverage of a person who winds up being convicted for almost sixty-eight seconds, there you're seeing a little bit of a change in how individuals are are covered. We had the trial and conviction of Florida Democratic Congressman Kareem Brown. Fraud charges. How much coverage was devoted to the fraud charges of a Democratic congressman, a congresswoman from Florida? The fraud charges. How much coverage did we have of that? 
zero. So we have two examples. One, a person convicted ultimately of bribery, accused of it, and then ultimately convicted of bribery, 68 seconds total in a year and a half of coverage of a trial. That's a Pennsylvania congressman. Then a Florida congresswoman who was accused of fraud, she gets zero coverage. She's sentenced to five years in prison for conspiracy and was not in any way, shape, or form covered in any way. On Wednesday and Thursday of this week, according to the Media Research Center, the networks not only offered a ton of time to Collins' arrest, but they emphasized the Republicans' connection to Trump. So because Collins was a Trump supporter and had defended President Trump before, he got an extra dose of coverage. On ABC's Good Morning America, George Stephanopoulos opened the program by highlighting the Trump connections. On NBC Today's show, a reporter reminded that Collins was the first sitting congressman to support Donald Trump's candidacy back in 2016. I mean, this is kind of a taste of what, what you're getting from these people uh, from, the, from the TV shows. CBS this morning. The first congressman to endorse President Trump's campaign says he's running for re-election despite insider trading charges. Yeah, so that's how they all are couching the Collins thing. Did they ever mention the congressman from... Pennsylvania accused of fraud, uh, bribery, and the congresswoman from Florida accused of fraud. Did they ever mention their support for Barack Obama? Well, of course they didn't because the one congresswoman got zero coverage by any of the networks at the time, and the other congressperson got 68 seconds of coverage at the time. The Republican from New York, one of Trump's earliest and most loyal supporters. Donald Trump is a movement. Oh, Chris, right from the beginning, he said Trump is going to win. Collins was the first sitting congressman to openly support Donald Trump's candidacy back in 2016. I mean, this is this is what you're getting on your networks. A, a, a guilt by association, by the way, too. So, so, so there. So, first of all. The crimes that this person is accused of committing have nothing to do with his support of President Trump. Any more than the crimes committed by the Florida congressman and the uh, Pennsylvania congressman, those weren't connected to Barack Obama or Nancy Pelosi or whatever. In fact, they didn't even cover them, and when they did, it was 68 seconds of one. So again, you're getting this is what you're getting from our media is a week of this stuff. And just wait until the trial starts and they'll try to figure out some way about his contributions, for instance, possibly to the Trump campaign and what have you. And so what they when they can't get the Russia collusion story out and they and they can't nail him with that. They're going to just simply have some guy who's a congressman who, who supported President Trump and make a big deal about that. It's unbelievable what we're, what we're getting from our news media and the inordinate kind of coverage. Now, I will tell you, too, for my part, 
this won't get covered, and I don't care that it won't get covered. But on balance, let me just ask you this. If a Republican congressman wanted a Democratic politician and said they need to jump off a bridge, do you think that would be added to the Erase the Hate campaign of NBC? The Erase the Hate campaign where NBC is calling for more graffiti artists and more rappers to erase the hate. That ought to do the trick. And more football coaches telling the peewee football team to take a knee at the national anthem. That'll, that'll do the trick. But do, you, but do you think that that person, if it were Republican, and said somebody ought to jump off a bridge, do you think that person would get coverage and be folded into the, the hate that Donald Trump has created? Of course they would. And again, I go back to the beginning of the show. We had a variety of problems, so maybe you didn't uh, – you didn't – you didn't pick up on this. But the fact of the matter is we had this Antifa guy who hit seven conservatives with a bike lock given three years probation. It's an outrage. This ass wipe ought to be in jail, in prison. Because let me tell you something. Go to any part of uh, North St. Louis, and this is where the Democrats ought to be actually uh, raising cane about this because they talk about how the, the injustice in our system – Try being homie and hitting somebody with a bike lock on TV, on camera. What do you think is going to happen to homie when he's caught on camera hitting somebody with a bike lock? He's going to—he's probably going to be in prison. But not so much for the white left-wing college professor. Yeah, I could play this whole uh, race game, the injustice game with you. So why is it that somebody who's on tape hitting somebody with a bike lock, assaulting them with a bike lock, gets three years probation? How is that possible? Now, especially when if it were you or me, if it were a Trump supporter, they'd be sent up the river pronto. Michael is asking for uh, the uh, article on this. Is that what you're asking for? This this comparison of, of time? I can I can put it up for you in the in the comments section there. It's from my friends at the Media Research Center, newsbusters.org. You can check it out if you go want to go to the website there. But anyway, so back to this uh congressman. Uh he's a congressman in Tennessee, and his name is Steve Cohen. He's a Tennessee Democrat. He told a group of pastors last month that he hoped President Trump would tell Marsha Blackburn, a GOP Senate candidate from Tennessee, to jump off a, a bridge. All right, here. You want to hear it? He, this is him at, the, at this event with, with a, a bunch of pastors. Of course, first there's an ad for Macy's. Back to school. I'll let Macy's have an ad before we get to the jump off a bridge comment. Not as good as a gun ad, but I'll take it. But yeah, here's the here's how it worked out. Thank you, Pastor Norman. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Keep going. We're calling. Keep going. We're calling. You got it. So this guy basically said that he Perfect. just hopes that 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 
Donald Trump will tell Marsha Blackburn, the audio is terrible on this. I'm not going to, I'm going to make you suffer through it. But the bottom line is cut to the chase. He said he hoped President Trump would tell Marsha Blackburn to jump off a bridge. Now, if this were on the other foot and it were a Republican, of course, all the idiots out there, all the people who actually insinuated I was going to threaten to sexually assault David Hoggs, they talked about the hot poker treatment, which is a, a cultural idiom that has been used for centuries. Now, they would say, oh, he literally wants her to jump off a bridge. Of course he doesn't. This Democrat congressman, he doesn't want Marsha Blackburn to jump off a bridge. But the environment we live in now is where everybody takes things so literally and so crazily that as a conservative, I'll come to the defense of a Democrat on this. Because I don't want to play the same game that the that the left plays and the media plays just for their own aggrandizement and their own political purposes to just simply invent and fake a threat that isn't there. Now, you all have – you've heard the phrase take a hike or go jump in a lake or even jump off a bridge. I think I've said that about people. And, and, and do I really want them or to, to go jump in a lake or take a hike? <laughs> I, I, wonder, I, wonder if, I wonder if had I said that, um, that I think David Hogg should take a hike, I wonder if, wonder if Stacey Newman and her flying monkeys would all have made a big issue out of that. He told a shooting survivor to take a hike. While, while, he's, while he's convalescing over his trauma after being a shooting survivor. I mean, th- we've gotten into the v- environment where if, if we are not as conservatives, even standing up for Democrats when this crap is pulled, we need to be staying consistent and staying true to common sense. And so I'll defend this Democratic congressman all day long. I'm just, yeah, how about, yeah, Marsha, Martha, how about the uh, long walk off a short pier? Yeah. But, but, but we're getting to the point now where we're so insufferably monitoring everybody's language that if we play the same game the left does, we're just no better. I mean, except for the purposes of exposition where we can talk about the imbalance of the reactions of people. Like, I don't think, for instance, that, like I said earlier, like a Democratic congressman accused of bribery, I don't think that deserves seven minutes of time on the network news. I, I, don't, think, I don't think that deserves a wall-to-wall coverage. I don't think a Democratic congressman uh, who is accused of fraud ought to be linked to Barack Obama because Barack Obama had nothing to do with it. But when the shoe is on the other foot, it's off to the races for these people. It, it, remember when, uh, when Sarah Palin put in crosshairs these districts, targeting districts for, uh, for I guess it was for the, uh, try, to try to unseat these people in Congress – did you see all the grief she got for that, for the crosshairs comments? Which, which is a common term 
that, that we all use about putting people in the crosshairs and people are in the crosshairs of this or in the crosshairs of the media or in the crosshairs of Radio Free Almond or in the crosshairs of the Democratic Party or the crosshairs of the Republican Party. It's, it's, a, it's a euphemism. It's a colloquialism. It's things that we, we say all the time. But unfortunately, when Republicans do it and when conservatives do it, suddenly it's like, oh, we got to stop the hate. We need more people with spray paint cans and more rappers. We need Princess Nokia to do one of her ads for NBC Universal. I'm only wishing that on this race to hate thing that Breitbart kind of missed, missed it, but I think maybe they did it on purpose. They, they, I, I was wishing that, as they normally do uh, with the with the ads, I was wishing that they would have put a gun ad in front of that. But but I guess even, I guess they figured maybe that was going to be a little much because normally what Breitbart does is whenever they show you a video of a of a left wing loon, they have a gun ad before it. But I guess they decided, well, maybe we shouldn't do that on a race day. By the way, this is on the anniversary of the Charlottesville. Situation because you know the media loves their anniversaries. This week it was what is that the, the fourth anniversary of the Michael Brown shooting, and now it's the anniversary of Charlottesville. So we're going to have a week of of wall to wall coverage of old video of Charlottesville, and they'll dovetail that into President Trump. And so NBC Universal came up with a, uh, this erase the hate thing in the in the run up to Charlottesville, and of course they tie it all into the the mythical attacks on the press, which haven't happened yet. The Jim Acostas of the world, who are uh, who the, the little babies out there who are, are fearing for their lives from Trump supporters. That's after they have come down from their scaffolding and met with them. Jim Acosta literally on the air is heckled, goes down, talks to the Trump supporters, which is a good thing he does, talks to them, and then goes up on Don Lemon's show and talks about how he fears for his life. I'm thinking, wait a minute, weren't you just down there with them? Oh, yeah, but they don't show those pictures on the news. Anyway, erase the hate. You guys want to? This is Princess Nokia, who I've never, never heard of, but this is their erase the hate movement. Here's to the people who work every day to make the world better, stronger, and great. Let's stand for the people who cannot make noise. Let's stand for the people who don't have a voice. Now is the time, a time for a change, a start of. My favorite part is when she talks about the time for a change and what's needed and her and her and her and her raps solutions. Start of a chapter, the turn of a page. Time to reflect and improve our ways. Join hands together and erase the hate. Now more than ever is that we need voices whose passion sends power all over the masses to people in office and children in classes. We need the people that cause the reactions. We need the artists who fight with their passions, who rap and they sing and they stand into. We need we need Jim Acosta to shut up is what we need. And we need Princess Nokia to go back to whatever she was doing. And and, and we need people to stop spray painting walls and maybe even sometimes not rap as much. And maybe even at some point, in some way, shape, shape, or form, maybe they ought to just start to stop trying to smear people and call people haters and erase their voices 
You know, these are the same people who do want to have this so-called dialogue or whatever they're calling it, but never really actually do want to have the dialogue. They just want to kind of shut you up. And boy, have they had success. This week has been a week like that. Beware of the individuals who will turn you into haters for the purposes of quieting you and shutting you up. And believe me, conservatives have been just as guilty. And I'm telling you, my disdain, I don't know what Glenn Beck's show is about now. But I'm willing to bet he's on there crying about how we're such a divided nation and we're this and we're that. I'm saying, are you the same Glenn Beck who decided that you were going to uh, call all of us brown shirts and compare President Trump to Hitler? Is this the same guy who is now weeping along with his with, with Stu about how divided the country is? I don't know. Is this the same guy? Mama K, thanks for uh, joining the show. By the way, I got a little text from them. Uh, we're gonna, I, I'm going to add, ultimately, when we get this all together and we're back on the air with Radio 3 Omen 2.0 once we get the new studio built, that uh, Mama K is going to be back and possibly uh, there with me to go ahead and, uh, and get their paranormal show on the Radio Free Omen show, uh, the Radio Free Omen network. So we're going to talk to them about that. Of course, we're going to have we, – we hope to have some great people on there. We hope to have the Eric Bowling podcast and Michael Savage. Yeah, Kaysen's going to have his little show. Yeah, maybe. No, we're going to have him on as well. And eventually we're building a great little little schedule for Radio Free Almond. So make, make sure you look for all that in the fall. And coming up, by the way, we're going to just uh, bring on the uh, – Bring it on here. And that means we're going to have the likes of uh, of Jim Talon on with us in just about one minute or so. And then Genevieve Wood following up at 7.30. So we're going to be able to uh, bring you that in just a second. It's Radio Free Almond live from the Discovery Design Studios. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Don't forget about my friend Matthew Mitchell for all your insurance needs. It's the Matthew Mitchell All-State Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME. 855-QUOTE-ME. And Matthew wants you to know that for young people, your kids and everything else, he's got some really the lowest rates you're going to find for young. You know how car insurance is so expensive for young people these days. We've got that going for us when it comes to... uh, Great rates on insurance, but for all of you, home life and auto, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME, Jim Talon coming up in just a second. Too much. 
right, we are back. Radio Free Allman from the Discovery Design Studios. And also, speaking of great support of the show, don't forget, Chris Kahneman and Mattress King, they are open from 10 to 2 tomorrow on Saturday to the public. And they're going to be able to uh, set you up with the least expensive mattress you're going to find anywhere in the land. It is uh, the legendary Symbol mattress since 1961 with the comfortable, beautiful bamboo inside. You're going to love it. He also has these awesome pillows that he brought in for me. I'm sleeping on it now, and it's just fantastic. And he goes by appointment only, too, during the weekdays, 636-698-5167. 636-698-5167 is where you can give him a call, set up an appointment, and he keeps his overhead down But doing that. And that means he keeps his mattress prices down. And these are some of the most comfortable mattresses you're going to find anywhere in the land. He's out there in St. Peter's. Check him out at One Mattress King on Facebook so you can uh, find him there. So let me just give uh, Jimmy Talent a call here. And Jim brought to my attention this thing going on in West Virginia where they are getting rid of the entirety or trying to of the West Virginia Supreme Court. Hello. Jim Talent, welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing, buddy? And you're a very welcoming person, Jamie. I always <laughs> feel a warm glow when you greet me. Uh, well, I, I love you, and I, I appreciate you continuing to support the Radio Free Almond Show. And uh, my, my people all uh, absolutely uh, love you, too, and, and, and appreciate you as well. So I'm just going to uh, tell well, you. Well, anytime you want me on, you just have your people call my people. How's that? That sounds good. Uh, uh, and, and, and right now, my people consist of me. So that's <laughs> and my people consist of me pretty much. <laughs> right? so. Exactly. I, I, I like it that way. And I I certainly appreciate it and, and uh, love you, buddy. You know, it's interesting just as a as a little bit of uh, of uh, gratuitous fun. We're looking at this case in West Virginia, and you had, you're the one that brought this up to me, even though we have some other issues to talk about. I did want to get this out of the way because I think it's fascinating that this is a true revolt there in West Virginia. I mean, they're they're talking about impeaching the entire West Virginia Supreme Court. Crazy. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was very interesting, and from what I've read, uh, which and you always have to qualify that because. Often, you know, what we read is, is not reflective of what's happening, but this seems to me to be reflective. Um, the, uh, these, these judges all really abused the public trust in how they have uh, spent their budget, which in, in West Virginia, it seems to be very unusual. They have total control over their budget. It's not appropriated by the legislature, and they've gone out and bought $30,000 couches and used it to subsidize their their private plane travel and it's been pretty systematic and corrupt. And so it's, it looks to me like there's a pretty good basis for this impeachment. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I don't think that there's an ulterior motive here. I, I think they caught these judges with a hand with their hands in the till, you know, yeah. um, which, which is a no, no, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't steal. Um, I mean, and and it looks to me like they've done that or what amounts to that. Now, we, we haven't really heard their case yet, but that's the thing about an impeachment. You do get a chance to defend yourself. So I guess we'll hear what they have to say. It's a perfect example of checks and balances, too, because this initial uh-huh. investigation was begun 
by the legislative branch of West Virginia. So they're keeping checks on the judicial one. Yeah, and uh, the feds are evidently involved with at least one of these judges, too. Um, but, you know, I, I was in the legislature for eight years. It was, it was the most gratifying on a personal level of all the jobs I've had. Uh, it, it certainly the legislative jobs that I've had. And, um, you know, there's a core of people who take all this, um, and I mean their constitutional obligations, more seriously than people might think. I think they would be encouraged to find a number of people <clears throat> in these offices who, when something like this happens, kind of look at each other and say, well, you know, we have to do something. And, um, and then try and work it out step by step. So we'll see what happens, but I thought you'd be interested in it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, it it's a fascinating story, and I think people ought to realize I, – I would imagine that, that maybe down the line there might be other state legislatures who might be considering looking into their own uh, – because the Supreme Court generally I, – I, I, obviously they're always accountable, but generally people kind of leave – these people alone, and so I'm just thinking that maybe uh, maybe there's some some uh, fodder there in Missouri, and for that matter, Illinois. All right. Speaking of uh, the more national front, how did how did you assess uh, first of all the special election and the so-called uh, well lack of a blue wave that we saw? Even though obviously there are people who are concerned about how things are going to go in November, but how are you? seeing things on the national front and how are you assessing this uh, so-called blue wave? Yeah. Well, I, you know, let me start with a caveat, which is if you, if you really want to know about this sort of stuff, you need to talk, not you, but I mean, anybody who wants to know needs to try to talk to somebody who has lived with it uh, for months, good polling for months, and looked underneath just the top line questions to see what segment of voters are going where and why and all that. And then you can get at least a sense of it. You know, having said that, Jamie, I think there's several things working here. One of them is, um, and, and they're linked, um, one of them is the party that holds the White House typically has an uphill battle in the midterms um, because they're the people who don't like the president, he's an ever-present sort of figure. And so they're motivated to come out and vote. And there is no single person on the other side that people can get upset about. You see what I'm saying to you? It's like, okay, so strong Democrats can get upset about Trump, but who do you get upset about on the other side that will turn people out to vote? Um, so, you know, that's that's a factor and uh, I think there are some other things. I think in suburban areas, there's there are pockets of voters who um, who are concerned, and uh, that uh, the natural tendency of those swing voters is to try and balance things in Washington by splitting control. It's the checks and balances you talked about before. So those are are creating a headwind for the Republicans. Now the question is, how big is that headwind going to be? And a lot depends on the particular candidates who've been recruited, on how hard they've been working, what the particular issues are in local races. And I just don't think we know. I think if I had to guess, I'd pull the Senate and maybe pick up a few seats, then the House will be very, very close afterwards. But it could still be much better or, 
much worse uh, for the Republicans in November. I don't, you know, when I talk to people in Washington on either side, nobody's certain. Yeah. Now, I, I noticed that uh, Senator McCaskill, Claire McCaskill, is up to some of her old tricks. And uh, this is uh, her, her pivoting and her attempt to be more centrist. And the, the writing's on the wall with her uh, discussion of Kavanaugh and how she'd al- she's already telegraphed that she's in all likelihood going to uh, be a yes vote for Kavanaugh. And in my opinion, she almost has to be if she's going to survive in any way, shape, or form. I still don't think that true conservatives are going to still reward her just because she votes a yes for Kavanaugh. But nonetheless, you could see her attempting this. For Josh Hawley, who was named the nominee of the Republican Party here in Missouri, what kind of advice would you give him, since you have run against her before, what kind of advice would you give him in handling a Claire McCaskill candidacy? Well, I guess it would be on a couple of levels. One of them is to emphasize an issue or two that he feels really resonate with the public and Supreme court judges could be one of those. Uh, it could be what Obamacare did to the healthcare system, um, which I think people still feel. So I, a, a couple of issues, but I would also, you know, he's, he's young. Um, he's, uh, he's energetic. Uh, he'll bring, I think new ideas to Washington. That's, those are all very legitimate issues to hit. And then, you know, he's going to see how she votes on this, but she voted against Gorsuch, right? So it's pretty clear, I think, to the voters if she votes for Kavanaugh, and I hope she does, she she should, that the difference here is the fact that Gorsuch was a year before the election or a year and a half, <laughs> and, and Kavanaugh's like going to be like six weeks, right? So if you happen to get a Supreme Court nominee, a good one, six weeks before she's up for re-election, she'll vote for him. That's not a lot of security for voters who care about that issue. you know. So I think he'll hit those, and we'll see. I mean, she's going to come back and try and take advantage of the kinds of, of trends or or phenomenon that I was talking about, the phenomenon that I was talking about before, and the voters are going to make a judgment. Yeah, I just don't know. To this day, I still can't figure out what – the Democratic Party thinks is going to propel it to victory. I mean, I, re- I realize what, what they ha- have tried to do, and that is uh, just create this environment where anybody Republican and anybody Trump is just a hater and a racist and this, but that really doesn't really last long. That didn't, that didn't help Hillary when she called everybody deplorable and everything else. It didn't help her. So I'm, I'm trying to think what real meat and potato issue – they're going to be able to to promote, and I, I, I you have to admit that this uh, this woman up in New York, uh, K- Cortez, uh, you know, sh- her idea has just been to go on the crazy train of socialism. But even more establishment Democrats, even the latest election has shown that individuals like her are a rarity, and even Democrats are not really on board with. Uh, that kind of off the grid thinking. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, exactly what it is they're going to, they're going to carry with them through November. And you put your, your finger on a real problem for the left and not just in the United States, which is what is the agenda that you can talk about from the standpoint of the left? And I mean this seriously, I don't mean this is a partisan thing here that, that is meaningful to real people in, in their real lives 
and that promises hope and a better life for the future. And this is the problem the left has because their ideas, I think, were largely discredited. Um, and, 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 you know, in the eighties and nineties. So where do they go? I mean, what, what are they? So some melange of, you know, identity politics and rehashing, uh, what they, what they call democratic socialism, which has failed everywhere. It's, I mean, everywhere it's been tried because it, um, it's, it fundamentally, um, violates the rules of common sense. So what, what do you talk about in a positive nature? Now, Jamie, you can get by in a midterm by being opposed to something or someone. It, it all depends on, it depends on a number of things and politicians are good at that. It's easier to talk about what you don't like than what you do want to do and, and make that meaningful to the voters. But in the longer term, the left's got a problem and, and, and really, we all have a problem because in a, in a strong and stable democracy, you, you need the yin and yang of the left and the right. I mean, I used to put it this way. You know, it's we're all in the same boat together and we need to put our oars in the water and row. And maybe we're not rowing in exactly the same direction, but we might get someplace. If all we do is hit each other over the head with the oars, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. so we do need constructive uh, input. Uh, from both sides of the political spectrum. And both parties are having trouble doing that. I think that the, the trouble is bigger on the left. Um, and I think a lot of it is, is what is it we really want to do that, that will make sense and will help? You know, let's take an issue like student loans. Okay, student loans are a big problem. And we really have lured a lot of young people into borrowing too much money, you know, without getting real value out of it. So what do we do? I mean, how do we fix that problem or make it better? And just, you know, making people angry about it um, or pointing them towards a bogeyman, if you will, is not enough, not in the longer term. Yeah, I I, 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 I totally hear you. Now, on the more world front, and, and I know that obviously you uh, specialize in uh, – uh, defense issues and national security issues as well. And, you know, we ha- I asked Carafano a little bit about this uh, the other day, and that is not only the sanctions that President Trump has uh, meted out on to Russia, but obviously in response to Russia getting pinched, they're, they're moving warships around there near the U.K., and is this something typical that they do in, in response to this? I mean, it's it's odd how... Alternately, President Trump is accused of being too cozy with the Russians, uh, right. while at the same time, really, actually, his actions are totally in competition with that meme because uh, it doesn't seem like he's being too cozy with them right now. No. And, you know, what? I want to address that larger point, but let me address the specific question. Is this the kind of thing they do, sending warships to places to sort of you know, tell everybody they're strong. The answer is yes. Now, now Jim can tell you whether they've done uh, that, whether they've done this particular thing, you know, the warships near the UK. Um, and he's the, the true down in the weeds expert on that. But oh, yeah, it's routine for them to do it, which is why, and I'm sure Carafano told you this, which is why a successful foreign policy may rely mostly on the tools of softer power, like economic power. But underneath it, the foundation of it has to be strong, hard power. So you deter, you make it clear to these aggressors, you can effectively deter, which means being able to defeat, if necessary, kinetic action, right? I mean, armed aggression. 
And uh, the Trump administration is moving to its credit to rebuild America's defenses. Um, I'm concerned. Um, you know, there's so many issues they're dealing with that, that, that the focus stay on that. I've got a column. I don't know when it's going to come out because it takes a few days, you know, but on exactly that point, and Carafano hits it all the time. He's really good. The broader issue I want to just <clears throat> briefly talk about is we were talking about agendas, right? Yeah. So, you know, who has a positive agenda? Well, if you step back and you try and, and just screen out, which is impossible, it's, you know, all the social media and all the charges and all the shallow stuff, you look at the Trump administration, he has a positive agenda across a broad spectrum of issues. Um, you know, whether it's using effectively using America's economic power to get better trade deals and to punish the aggressors. I mean, he's, he's putting the Chinese in a really difficult situation uh, with his trade policy, whether it's building up America's defenses, whether it's what he wants to do with immigration. I mean, you just look at issue after issue and you see policies and you can argue about them. OK, but that are relevant uh, to people's wages, to their jobs, uh, their education. And that, that's, you know, if the president can focus on, on that and, 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 and be consistent in messaging on that, I think it'll give him a big advantage. Yeah, I, w- I would think so, too. I, I, th- I think it already has. I mean, I, you know, I, I understand that that even the slightest bit of uh, closeness in an election like we saw in Ohio is considered some major loss for the president. But the reality is, and you know this, I mean, um, the, the, the fact that this is in every single off election year, I mean, we saw it in 2010 when Republicans took over the entirety of Congress. In every single off election, uh, the opposite party is supposed to excel. The opposite party right. is su- is supposed to do well, and yet the fact that the Democratic Party hasn't walked away with any seat, and in fact the Republican Party seems to be the one holding fast, that can't be good news for the Democrats, even though every time I turn around, I'm hearing what bad news it is for Republicans. It doesn't make any sense to me. You're right. As we talked about it before. There are structural trends in midterms that work against the party in power. I mean, Reagan's lost seats in 1982. I think I lost like 25 seats in the House, okay? And, you know, went on that Reagan was the best president in the last 50 years. So, and, and you know, is, is, is in the pantheon of American presidents. Um, so, yeah, those are structural forces that are working. We'll see how big they are in the fall. And... I just think everybody ought to understand this is a long-term thing, and, and we have to work on the longer-term issues. Now, you're right, I think, about the president's agenda, by and large, helping him. But this is something I, you know, I, I, I know he and his top people probably talk about it a lot. But is, and you know, when he when he tweets something, and and not, you know, I want him to keep tweeting. But I think one thing they have to keep in mind is not whether the tweet is itself good or bad or the rest of it, but but does it detract from what ought to be the message? You see what I'm saying? In other words, it's it's is it sucking oxygen out of a stronger message, even if it's a good message, right? It's uh, what politicians call message discipline. And not everything, you know, politicians believe about politics is wrong. <laughs> Some of it is right. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm a, I always was a believer in message discipline. In other words, try and get the main message across and be sustained with it. 
Well, and that's why that's why I would say, even though obviously sometimes it can be entertaining, I would say that the president, for instance, doesn't need to play small ball with LeBron James. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, that's an outstanding point. Yeah. yeah I, you know, to me, uh, you know, I, I, I did. I, I agree with him and his assessment of LeBron and these individuals. But I'm thinking to myself, as well as things are going with our economy and with with national security and even for that matter, our borders and as many of his accomplishments that he has made in terms of the employment situation for black Americans and Hispanics and everything else, I'm thinking he doesn't even need to bother with the legislators like LeBron James. He doesn't even need to even address it. Yes, I think err on the side of saying, okay, what is it we want to be talking about? And not just today. I mean, everything about the press pushes political leaders towards like 24-hour thinking. But ask yourself, what is it you want to talk about for the next month? And make it about that. Because in politics, you do have to keep repeating a message because there's so much out there for people to absorb. I used to tell my staff, you know, we'd be on campaigning. I'd say, you know, there's a good rule to follow. When you're really getting sick of saying something, you're probably just beginning to say it enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's, there's only room for a few messages. And, and if you, you know, if you help the voters a little bit, they'll figure it out. Uh, it's another thing I used to say this, by the way, you can always tell, Somebody who's been around politics a long time because they talk about, you know, old war stories. But I always just say, you know, let the voters connect the last dot. In other words, set it up for them. You don't have to drive the message home and say the other person is a crook, right? In fact, I think it's more effective not to say that. Let them connect it. You know, they'll get it. And they do. I, I always had a, a – uh, I'm proud of this, actually. I had a much higher opinion of voters, certainly as a whole – than most people in politics did. And I think I was proven right most of the time. Now, <clears throat> sometimes, they, they, you know, they judge their own interests in a way that I didn't particularly like. They asked me to leave politics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean it wasn't a rational yeah. judgment that they were making in terms of how they weighed the interests they were trying to advance. And if you if you run your campaign in a way that gives them an opportunity to do that, I think they'll respond most of the time. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Senator Jim Talent, I never get tired of saying welcome to the show and never get tired of saying I will see you next week and never get tired of telling you how much we appreciate your insight and, and what you do for Radio Free Almond, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right, buddy. I'll uh, check in with you next week. Okay. All right. That is uh, Jim Talent. Great points. And and you guys know me. I rarely, I rarely, if ever, uh, in any way, shape, or form, generally, I I don't bother myself too much with uh, the president's comportment. I I I really don't have an an issue with it at all, and I certainly don't have an issue with uh, his tweeting. But if we're going to talk about it, I I just assume you know people love the guy. And you can go ahead and turn this mic off over here if you if you want to. Uh, I, I I I I love the guy, and I I appreciate his voice and his talents. And so you know, me me saying he doesn't need to do that with LeBron James is just me saying he doesn't need to do that with LeBron James. I mean, look what happened, for instance, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And by the way, have you all ever been to the Hollywood Walk of Fame before? Because I have. And I was in L.A. not too long ago, 
And I can't for the life of me figure out how people do what they do at the Hollywood Walk of Fame uh, and, and, and nobody sees them doing it. It doesn't make any sense to me. So when they like jackhammered President Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I'm thinking to myself, how did they do that? Where the hell is everybody? Because that's a very public street right there. It's really hard to do anything on that street necessarily without being looked at. So who the hell is chiseling and jackhammering President Trump's star on the on the Walk of Fame there? Without without being caught. But sometimes the fact that nobody's paying attention benefits us as well. I don't know whether you saw the fake stars that someone painted on the empty spaces, the empty squares on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In fact, there were a bunch of them. So because there are empty squares on that Walk of Fame there, and it it was awesome. There's a there's a conservative street artist, which, by the way, I don't believe that the conservative street artist was included in the spray painters. The rapper Nokia wanted to go and hit the streets to erase hate. I don't think this is this this was one of the people she was thinking about because this guy is erasing the hate by adding some love for President Trump. So this uh, uh, unnamed conservative street artist uh, took credit for it. And there are a number of laminated vinyl stars now on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that are just absolutely replicas of President Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that the uh, council there, the West Hollywood Council, voted to go ahead and remove the president's star, which is a petty, disgusting, vile small act on the part of these uh, small ball players here in West Hollywood. Yeah, that'll, that'll do the trick. That, 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 sh- that should show them. We are good. Perfect. Uh, that, that, that'll show them. Remove the president's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That, that'll make the left feel good. That'll, that'll, that'll be the thumb that the left can suck on for a little while. Yeah, we removed his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Anyway, this... Uh, person who is the uh, 50 different stars, Donald Trump, 50 different stars, laminates that were put out there. I don't, again, I don't know how they managed to do it without being detected. It's a busy street right there. Uh, and 30, here's what the anonymous artist said. Rip up the president's Walk of Fame star or try to have it removed like the mayor of West Hollywood or something, and 30 more will pop up. This is the kind of love that the president has. This is the kind of capital he is carrying into November. And this is why, for example, the president doesn't need to bother with these petty, small people like LeBron James because he's got all the love he needs. These uh, fake awards uh, cost this team $1,000. A young and anonymous entrepreneur helped fund the group's objective, and it costs a lot of money to have to do this. Uh, and, and the artist said that this, these stars are so the, – the laminates could last for 10 years if no one decided to remove them. And so 
that right next door, there's a Ripley's Believe It or Not thing right there. Uh, they took the stars off, though, because they were afraid those would be vandalized, too, and it just wouldn't look very good. So uh, fascinating turn of events there on the Hollywood Walk of Fame as um, dozens more Donald Trump stars show up. Pretty cool, huh? Indeed. You know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to switch my cord, Matt, into my MacBook because I got the MacBook fixed. And this was the coolest story. I'm going to call Genevieve Wood in a second, but I got the MacBook fixed so I can actually call her on my Skype. So I got the MacBook fixed, and I got it fixed by these guys over at iTech Shark. It's right there next to Deerberg's in Brentwood. It's that I don't I don't remember what the name of the is it the it's not the Brentwood Promenade though it's it's something it's somewhere in that that area there where they have um, the Deerbergs and a DSW Shoes and everything else there and it's a really uh, out. So I'm back in action because I took it there, and I said, "Hey, can you remove? Can you? Because an outlet, uh, a jack broke off into the hole in the computer there." I said, "Can you help me out with this?" His name is Chris Reeves with iTech Shark, and they're all things Apple there. I wouldn't even bother making an appointment at the Apple Store. I'd go right into iTech Shark. And it took him about a half hour to fix the thing. He just took the back off with a special tool and managed to remove the broken off jack in there and put me back in business because it was kind of screwing with me. And so that was a pretty cool development. So thank you to Chris Reeves with iTech Shark. You can find him on Facebook and on Twitter. Can't see where they're anything here, but. Right there on Eager Road in Brentwood. iTech Shark. I'll put that in the comments section so you guys can... Uh, I've talked to Chris, too, uh, and, and and Matt was the one who recommended iTech Shark to me. He said, these guys are awesome. So I went in there, and, man, it didn't take long. It was right away, and I appreciate those guys over at iTech Shark. So if you have any issues with your computers or you want to buy a new one or a refurbished Mac... They're going to do it for you and, and, and get the job done for you. And Chris and I had a great conversation because he's more on the libertarian side but listens to the show. And so he said, hey, if, if you – it was going to cost me like 50 bucks." And he said, you know what? I was thinking while you were gone, I said, listen, I like the show and I'm probably more liberal than you are, whatever, young guy. I told him, I told him, you know, we probably have a lot more in common than we, we have not in common. But anyway, he said, uh, when I came back, he goes, you know what? I figured if I just asked you to give us a shout-out, I don't have to charge you 50 bucks at all. So he did the whole thing for me for free in exchange for me giving a shout-out to iTech Shark. So, very cool. And we had a great discussion about politics and all that stuff. So, thank you, iTech Shark. Calling Genevieve Wood now with the Heritage Foundation. Heritage.org. See if she answers. 
Good morning, Genevieve. Hi, Genevieve Wood. It's Jamie Allman here in St. Louis. How are you doing? Hello, Jamie Allman. I know. It's great talking to you. Good to talk with you. It's been a while. Oh, I know, because you you had a, a long vacation, correct? And, uh, and I, I did, and and that was nice. What'd you do, by the way? I was in Slovenia and Croatia, beautiful oh. parts of the world. Wow! And, and, uh, and, and they love Americans. That's always nice. Oh, you know what? It, it's so true. <laughs> I just got back. I just got back from Italy, and the, the, similarly, they love Americans in Italy. Yeah. It's nice, isn't it? Uh, it really is nice. And, and I noticed, though, too, uh, that if you look at the personalities of the uh, of the people in that area, that part of the world is Slovenia, Croatia, and you look at the personalities of Italians as well, you find that they do have a lot of that uh, American-style passion and ingenuity and assertiveness and pride that uh, it's no wonder we have – uh, an affinity for each other. Right. Well, you, know, you look at a place like Croatia and Slovenia, I mean, these, these are countries that, you know, not that long ago when you consider the history of the world uh, were under dictatorships, right? And they, so they, they appreciate freedom, I think, in a way that uh, some parts of the world have forgotten uh, because they, they know what it's like not to have it. They know what it's like for government to regulate their businesses to, to the point you can't have a business. Uh, many of them are coming out of that now. I, I talked to so many people that were entrepreneurs and uh, people that their their families were getting the property and the homes back that the the communists had taken from them, uh, which was Yugoslavia. And so uh, it was just it was really neat to see that the kind of ingenuity and spirit that they had. So yeah, it was a great time, but good to be back. I, I yeah. like being in the USA too. <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it. I, I love being able to come back here, and and uh, you know it makes me love the country even more after having traveled overseas. Not because of. Uh, the fact that I'm, I didn't have a good time, but because I had such a great time with people who love this country and I come back with an, with an added sense of pride in the country. It's interesting too. I, the last conversation I had with Jim Carafano, I, I think Jim was heading over there or was it going to go there or just gotten back from there. He was talking about how beautiful the beaches are and everything in Croatia. Yeah, no, well, you're, I mean, you're really getting close to the Mediterranean, right on the Adriatic Sea. Uh, so, yeah, there's beautiful flowers, palm trees, but it's, it's rocky beaches, not sandy beaches by and large. But yeah. it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, highly recommend. Nice. Well, uh, Genevieve, uh, let's talk national politics. And I, I did talk a little bit of it with, with Jim, but I'm noticing that, for instance, in Kansas, uh, Kobach, this this is this is a pretty tight race. This is this is a, a now it's a ninety one vote separation. Wow, I didn't realize it got down to, to that close. Yeah, well, you know, you, you had seven candidates, right? I mean, you had, you had seven candidates running in, in the GOP field, and uh, what I find interesting about it is that you know Chris Kobach wasn't wasn't slated to be ahead even by one vote uh, when, when this race was getting, was going in on Tuesday. And I think, you know, the president coming in at the last minute has made a big difference. Uh, and I, I have to say, I think that along with you look at the, the race in Ohio and a few of the others, I think that the problem is not that people are turning on the president. I think the problem are, are when he shows up, the voters are showing up. I think it's the, the never Trump crowd, quite frankly, who in many respects would like to see the Republicans lose the House because yeah. they would like to be able to say, we told you so, 
uh, Trump is a disaster. And then, of course, I also give great credit to the Democrats who are very motivated right now. But, you know, if, if history was everything, uh, the Democrats should be winning all of these races, and they're not. Right, because that that's that's true. I mean, much much like these guys are are wishing that uh, these never Trumpers are wishing that uh, Republicans would lose the House. Actually, history would show you that that they should because that's what what happens in off election that's years. But always what happens. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's it's amazing. And and meanwhile, Republicans, I love it. I, I love the winning aspect of this, and I love it when Republicans who are at least who are running at least finally find uh, the sweet spot, so to speak, and apparently the sweet spot has been uh, pointing out the deficiencies of the Democrat leaders, including Nancy Pelosi, which has resulted apparently in upwards of like 30 different Democrats running for House seats, basically declining to say that they support Nancy Pelosi. I mean, that's trouble. No, that is trouble for them. But what's the, the big trouble for them is that, you know, the reality is, which is what you saw happen in Ohio, when push came to shove, the guy finally admitted he would vote for her or he would support her because that's who their leader is. You know, you, I mean, it, that's the way the game is played. You come to the House, uh, if you come as a Republican, you know, you, you're going to vote for a leader. If you, if you come for a Democrat, you're going to vote for the Democratic leader. But she, Republicans actually may have a race going on this next time around. That's probably not going to happen on on the Democratic side. I don't. I haven't seen anybody yet who seriously is going to be able to challenge Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, well, the, I mean, and, the, and there have been people who have insinuated they might, uh, but but I I just I don't see this. But they don't get any momentum or steam. No, no, they they don't see you know, it. But, to it. But, yeah. That's interesting. So, uh, on the Republican but, but side, can I, can I say one other thing, yeah. though, Jamie? I, you know, on the on the House, on these different races, I mean, it's great to point out the deficiencies of the other side, but you ought to be able to run also on your record. Yeah, and the Republicans do have a great story to tell on tax reform, but the reality is there's so much else they have not done: immigration, health care reform, really truly getting rid of Obamacare. They, I mean, and when I say immigration, I'm talking they haven't secured the border. They haven't allocated money to the wall. Uh, they haven't uh, gone after the sanctuary cities to the extent that I think that they could. I mean, there's a lot of things that they haven't done that, you know, it's not because they need more votes necessarily. None of the things I just talked about require a 60-vote threshold in the Senate, right? They, so you got a lot of folks running again on the same things they ran, again, ran on two years ago but haven't done. So, you know, part of the result... Republicans' problem, I think, is because they haven't been as successful as they should have been, considering they had the House, they had the Senate, and they had the White House. Yeah, I, you you raise such a great point about uh, how unnecessary it really kind of is for Republicans to take the usual Nancy Pelosi is this, and 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 you know, and and use the double negative. Uh, you know, image of her where she's, you know, kind of a skull or something. You know what I mean? I mean, they, right. they don't really, they don't really need to do that because there is so, so much good news to talk about. And I, and I think you're so right about that. Now on the Republican side, how do you think things are going to change or if they will change regarding Paul Ryan, Jim Jordan, what, what, what do you, what do you think is going to happen there? Well, I mean, I think right now it's shaping up to probably be a three-person race. Probably, yeah, I mean, you're going to have Buck McCarthy, who's already, you know, who's going to be running, uh, who's the number two right now. And then you'll have Steve Scalise, 
uh, from Louisiana, most likely running. And then Jim Jordan. I mean, as far as I know, Jim Jordan is the only one who officially declared he's running. But it's pretty clear the other two plan to as well. So it's good. You know, I mean, if if I had to bet today, I would probably say that the McCarthy from California is going to be the winner. But uh, it, it could be an interesting race. And look, I think the great thing about I mean, I'd love to, personally, I'd love to see Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House uh, because he's a solid conservative across the board. I think he's got a great personality and, and it's tough, but gets along well with others. Uh, having said that, I think the great thing about something like him, someone like him running is he, you know, it forces the debate and it forces, uh, you know, if McCarthy does win, it, he'll know that there's a strong, he already knows this, but it will be even stronger the block of conservatives that's there. And that will weigh in on the votes that they raise. Uh, the decisions they make, the deals that they cut. It's it's important that, that conservatives have a, have a large voice at the table, and I think Jim Jordan running is going to help with that. Yeah, and, and then ultimately, how do you assess, and, and before I let you go here, how do you assess the overall job of Paul Ryan? You know, I mean, look, it, it, was a, it, it was, it is a tough job. It wasn't a job he wanted. I don't think it's a job that really played to his strengths. I think, you know, he, he is a budget guy. He likes the numbers. He likes, you know, budget reform. And, you know, I would have, I would have liked to have seen Paul Ryan focus his, his gifts, if you will, on reforming more of our entitlement system. Unfortunately, however, he stepped up because no one else would take the, <laughs> they thought could take it and unify the caucus. So, you know, I think he, he took one for the team. I don't think he'll go down as one of the best speakers in history. Yeah, and it was certainly a, a strange time. The, the Republican Party was in a uh, fairly uh, deep state of transformation while he, while he was uh, overseeing it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and, you know, and look, I mean, he was reticent to get on board uh, with, with President Trump. And, and, I you know, I think the Republicans... Considering they they had the House and the Senate and the President, the fact that that so many of them dragged their feet to join up with with the Trump administration, and I you know I get some of them were cautious because they didn't know for sure was he going to do what he said he was going to do, was he really going to govern like a conservative, but they just they dragged their feet too long, and I think it gave them a, a late start. I think they could have been more successful uh, than they have been if they had just gotten out of the gate a little faster, but they they didn't. Yeah. Well, welcome back to uh, the USA, Genevieve Wood. Always uh, great to talk to you and certainly uh, appreciate your continued support of Radio Free Almond. We love having you on the show and love hearing from you. And I hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Same to you. Have a good one. All right. Take care. That's uh, Genevieve Wood. uh, And she's at the Daily Signal dot org is where you can find many of her writings uh, on down the line. Here's how crazy it actually has uh, gotten, folks, in terms of the economy and how great it is. Uh, People are having to make stories up about, for instance, the president's tariffs. I'll give you the example. They made a big deal uh, about this Element Electronics, which is a small manufacturing plant in Winsboro, South Carolina. 126 workers will be laid off, and the media, the establishment media, decided they were going to use that as an example of how damaging the Trump tariffs have been. So they used this company as an example of that. And in a statement about the layoffs, the executive said the announcement is due to Trump's tariffs on imported Chinese goods. 
writing that the layoff and closure is a result of the new tariffs that were recently and unexpectedly imposed on many goods imported from China, including the key television components used in our assembly operations in Winsboro. Now, the only problem with this whole thing is that the uh, this last major TV factory this is that's how Time Magazine described Element Electronics makes its products in China, and it only assembles these TVs at its plant in South Carolina. It just assembles them in China. I mean, in in the U.S., all the all the components and everything else are all made in China. And and so what they said was that, oh, uh, Time Magazine said Element Electronics is the last TV factory in the United States. Even though this TV factory doesn't make any of its products in the U.S. In 2014... Think Progress did a story about this Element Electronics company, and they reported how a complaint was filed with the uh, Federal Trade Commission that accused even the TV manufacturer, this Element Electronics, of falsely claiming their product was made in America when it was actually made in China. So if the if the people at Time Magazine ever just simply uh, – did a little Googling or research on this, they themselves would have known that this really isn't the last TV factory in America. It, it's, 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 it's simply an assembly plant for Chinese goods. And so really in the end, either this company just simply isn't successful by itself and has to somehow insinuate the tariffs or the reason or they are just simply trying to utilize this as an excuse to to go out of business or maybe even for that matter to hurt President Trump, period. But Element Electronics is a Chinese company (laughs) claiming that President Trump's tariffs are hurting it. It's like, come on now. I mean, they've been benefiting for a long time, probably from cheap Chinese goods, but they are not the, they were not the last TV factory in the U.S. But that doesn't stop the people over there at Time Magazine and beyond from deciding they're just simply going to uh, they're simply going to fake the news. This is what we're talking about, folks: fake news. I, I'll maintain the same thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to Harley Davidson. Now, my buddy Tim Serdike down there at Serdike Harley and Festus, he's a good guy, great conservative, longtime supporter of the show, and has done his part in trying to move the Harley-Davidson product. But you know what? Harley-Davidson, the company, has kind of made it tough on guys like Tim and others because they haven't kept up with the assertive marketing that they should be keeping up with, and they have – they came up with the Harley Street bike, which was a really good-looking bike and was a uh, very typically hardy Harley-Davidson product, but they didn't market it properly. So you've got all these guys who are uh, buying rice rockets 
instead of the Harley because Harley isn't keeping up with its uh, its marketing strategy to stay with these other guys. I mean, to my, in my opinion, when I was over in Italy, everybody it's it's, it's motorcycle city over there, especially in Rome, which is the biggest city I went to. The motorcycles everywhere. And not one of them was a Harley. They're all the BMWs or this. But but Harley and its street bike is every bit as good as any of these other ones out there. But because Harley wasn't really uh, marketing them properly or getting out there and changing with the times and adjusting to the times, you know, they wound up maybe being too expensive or what have you and just didn't catch on the way they should have. Harley tried, but they didn't deliver the deliverables, so to speak, in, in making sure they became their product. They ought to be all over Europe, but they're not. And in fact, Harley has been saved once before. And they were saved by Ronald Reagan, who put huge tariffs on the rice rockets to save Harley-Davidson skin. But then Harley wind, wound up... Uh, not taking full advantage of the fact that they were protected once before and unfortunately uh, didn't didn't capitalize on the protection that Ronald Reagan offered them. And that's where I, I find a, uh, it to, to be a, an issue for them. And, and But it's another example of where the news media used that. Oh, they're going to make those Harleys overseas and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, I'm sorry, they're going to close their plant and, and, and 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 stop making Harleys. They're going to close this and close that when the fact of the matter is they really haven't been doing as good a business as they as as they should anyway. Boy, you know, uh, I I was talking the other day about Jaws the movie, right? And I was talking about how you shouldn't you, 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 the the these remakes of these movies. They have people have no business making some of these remakes. So I'm happy to say that no one has tried to remake Jaws. And I was very happy about that because you can't remake Jaws. And now what they're doing now, they're doing it with even some remakes of uh, musical hits. They're just simply calling it using the same title of the movie. They're not even, it's not even like uh, something or something two. It's just that here it is. Here's the movie. I go, wait a minute. I like the taking of Pelham 123 is one of my great examples, which is a great movie. But it was a great movie in 1974 or 75 when it was made. And how is it possible they could just simply say, um, now, uh, make a movie three years ago and just call it the taking of Pelham 123? There's already a movie called The Taking of Pelham 123, and it was made a long time ago. Now, apparently, just because Bradley Cooper has a beard now, they're remaking A Star is Born. Ladies and gentlemen, Esther Hoffman Howard. And you know what the name of the movie, the remake of A Star is Born, is called? A Star is Born. I'm going, well, wait, how can you do that? The Chris Christopherson, Barbara Streisand star is born was 
A Star is Born. I can do without Barbara Streisand's politics, but... Can't argue with the voice, can you? I actually don't think I ever saw A Star is Born. I think it was too, uh, too nudie. For me to be able to watch, I don't know, it was 1978, so I was, I was old enough then. I was 14 or something. Let's see, 1963. 15. But just because... Just because Bradley Cooper has a beard doesn't mean he's automatically Chris Christopherson. And whoever else it is is the woman. I don't know who that is, but I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the a star is born protector. I'm not the the person who should, you know, should do this. But nonetheless, it, it's it's it was a pretty darn good. It won an Oscar. Pretty darn good movie. But they're remaking a star is born for all of you. <laughs> I, I really can't get get past though the the, the, the politics of Barbara Streisand. It's kind of drives me drives me crazy. So I'll do you all a favor and and turn it off for you. Because I mean, you, okay, you you get the point. You, you understand. Yeah, Star is Born's being remade. Alma doesn't like it, but that doesn't mean he has to subject us to to, to Barbara Streisand for forever. You know. Oh, she's back. I, I like I like a Star is Born just the way it is, but I, I don't see how they can just simply just call it that. But anyway, that's coming out in the fall just for your uh, movie love. Star is Born for, and you know what? Somebody else made. Did, did they really make? Uh, I didn't even know this. They remade Footloose. They remake Footloose. Oh, okay. See, those are the movies that you ought to just you know uh, ought to just forget. Anthony's doubling back on the uh, on the. Uh, yeah, scooter my the soft side of you. Here's a little Barbara. Now I just don't. I just am a traditionalist sometimes about these things. And uh, to me, why don't you just call it a Star Is Born two at the very least and be a little more? And the problem is they remake these things much like they remake song classics, and young people don't even know there was a Star Is Born in the past. And I think people are taking advantage of that. Anyway, uh, Anthony pointed out, and and uh, you know. Truly that, that, you know, yeah, Harley believed that its marketing prowess was just in for the older folks and for the older cycles and those kinds of things. And I get that, but, but in order to compete, you have to constantly be able to, uh, to, to get new blood and, and a new generation of consumers and Harley just didn't turn that around to a degree uh, that it could have. We are live here from the Discovery Design Studios, and I appreciate all of you supporting Radio Free Almond. A lot of you just simply asked me not too long ago for gear. And I'm pleased to say it's at RadioFreeAlmond.com. Oh, her eyes, her eyes make the stars look like they're not 
Don't forget also to support all the other folks who are supporting Radio Free Almond and encourage them to continue that. And to also proud to say next week I'm going to go ahead and seal the deal on Golden Oak Lending joining the show. Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery is uh, ultimately going to be coming back as well. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Thank him for uh, coming back to the Almond brand. And don't forget, too, the original supporter of this show, the guy who fought for me tooth and nail from the very beginning and stood up for me, and proudly so, and I'm proud to be his friend, uh, Eric Naputi, naputiwellness.com. And he has his Wellness Matters show that he will be doing on Radio Free Almond. And, of course, uh, for all of your needs, whether it be uh, back pain, ADD, ADHD, migraine headaches, you name it, Dr. DePruti is there for you at all levels. He has his uh, location out there in Chesterfield as well as South County. And so make sure you uh, hit him up for all your help. And, and this isn't just uh, pill pushing, folks. This is uh, getting to the core of the problem. Dr. Naputi is uh, darn good at that. It's interesting. Did you all see, I know that you saw the video of Nicholas Cruz and, and, and what was he was doing in the wake of the Parkland shooting and his uh, confession and hitting himself and doing all that kind of thing. But did you hear, this report didn't seemingly get a whole lot of, a whole lot of attention. And it's and it's and it's uh, disturbing to say the least, and it's an example of how our educational system, yet once again, failed one of the students who it's claiming to look out for. That our public educational system, is, uh, uh, if you hear the teachers' unions and everybody else talk about it, it shall not be touched. It shall not be molested in any way. It shall not be attacked or criticized. The system is perfect the way it is. I noticed that, uh, by the way, speaking of the educational system, uh, right after the idiots in the Parkway School District decided to not get Jeannie Ames on the school board and elect a bunch of left-wing loons that now they want a, they want another bond issue because they, they, they now they they're, they're, that's the sole sum of their fiscal responsibility is I know let's just get another bond issue and then claim taxpayers aren't going to be on the hook so uh, elections have consequences and this is what the left-wing idiots in the Parkway School District are getting now as a, as a as I know is a brilliant idea for another bond issue from their Parkway School Board. There you go. Congratulations. Anyway, the Parkland School shooter Nicholas Cruz, it's a story uh, from Florida and also the Daily Beast. Nicholas Cruz. Now, again, I'm not. I'm not saying there. There are a lot of kids who uh, fall between the cracks and don't wind up shooting people. 
So I'm not trying to let Nicholas Cruz off the hook by any stretch of the imagination for what he did and for his for his crimes. I'm not going to let him off the hook for this. But listen to this story and hear it and weep because this is uh, disturbing to say the least. This new report is finding that uh, Nicholas Cruz asked school officials for help months before he allegedly gunned down 14 fellow classmates and three adults, but the school district didn't follow through. The failure by school officials was singled out in a court-ordered report released last week into the school's handling, the district's handling of Cruz's behavioral issues. Uh, more than half the report was redacted, I guess, to uh, take some of the names out. In blacked out sections of the document, though, could still easily be read by copying and pasting into a separate document. The Sun Sentinel uh, used this to release the unredacted report on Friday. So what they do, they copied and paste into a separate document, and they were able to actually read the blacked out section. So, so much for that. And they, of course, some of it was blacked out because they didn't want to accept culpability for failing to help this kid when he was uh, obviously mentally disturbed. But not mentally disturbed enough uh, to avoid asking for help. Among the conclusions of the report, which was uh, authored by an organization called the Collaborative Educational Network of Tallahassee, are two glaring instances in which Broward school officials failed to act in accordance with laws governing the treatment of students with disabilities. So people talk, and I know that the, uh, the reaction was to take your guns away, but maybe we ought to actually make more of an effort to give some of these people in the Broward County School District some brains and some balls to abide by the laws that are already there. Because apparently, they didn't. There were laws in place to get the help needed for people like Nicholas Cruz, but they failed to act in accordance with those laws. Once again, proving that, you know, we don't need new laws. We have already laws in place that allow for the help for people like Nicholas Cruz. So, you talk about, well, we need to improve the mental health system, blah, blah, blah. No, maybe we ought to get adults who are efficient and smart enough to utilize the tools that are already there. Never fails. We always find out that, you know, whether it be with a gun issue or whatever else, it's always someone who is simply violating the laws that we already have. And yet the left-wing kooks out there and others... Uh, even Republicans, some of them, want to just create more laws when we already have laws that would have helped. In Cruz's junior year, after he had already begun exhibiting behavior so disturbing, it led to guidance counselors wanting to have him committed. Cruz sat down with education specialists to discuss his options for further schooling. So... Even though he was mentally disturbed and clearly in trouble, he actually sat down with these specialists who went through 
ways in which he could uh, further his education but not be among individuals that uh, he could harm or, or, or not be just simply sitting there and not getting educated. He was told he could transfer to a school tailored for students with special needs. Or they told him he could sue the Broward School District or stay at the school without any special counseling. Those were the those were the uh, the options they gave him. Well, you can go to this special school, you can sue us, or you can stay here. <laughs> Sounds like a, a a very smart adult way to go about it. According to the review of that meeting in this new report, school officials left out one crucial fact. Cruz was still entitled to special assistance at Stoneman Douglas if he chose to stay. So so he could have chosen to stay there, but he was also going to be getting special assistance if he did decide to stay there. Uh, Cruz didn't know that if he stayed there, he could take advantage of special assistance. So... The fact that he was unaware of all this, uh, he was basically stripped of counseling services and left to fend for himself as a regular student, even though that didn't have to be. But they didn't. They, they told him that, all right, they gave him three options. Transfer to this Cross Creek place, a different school with special needs. You can go there with, with everybody else with special needs. You could sue the district, or you could stay at the school without any special counseling, when in fact special counseling was indeed available to him. If he stayed at Stoneman Douglas, he wasn't aware of that. So anyway, a few months later, Cruz changed his mind and said, you know, I think I'll, I'll transfer to this special school. I think I want to go there to the to the special needs school now. The, the, this this uh, cross, it's called Cross Creek. I think I'll go there now. You you told me about my options. I'm not getting any help here. I'm foundering. This is miserable. And apparently, even though he was severely mentally disturbed, he was lucid enough to notice that this wasn't working for him. So he said, "I I'll, 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 I think I'll double back, and I think you, you mentioned that special needs school. I'll go there." And they never made it happen. Here's a, here's a guy who wound up killing 17 people who was clearly mentally disturbed, so much so that counselors said, man, this kid needs to be committed to a mental institution. That's how bad this guy is. Even after that, he asked for special help and said, I'll go to the special needs school. T- put me there. They never, they never did it. Now, keep in mind, a lot of this happens to be a situation where schools want to keep people there because they get credited for keeping people there. Broward County, actually, the Broward School District, even though people initially said this was all kind of an Obama educational thing, you know, to, to just simply overlook 
disturb students just to keep them in school and get and get the get the tax dollars and the credits and the federal dollars and everything. It really wasn't Obama's original idea. It was the Broward County School District's original idea. And uh, the nuts at the Missouri at the Federal Department of Education picked up on it and made that actually a national policy. But it actually, their goofiness began at the Broward County School District. So anyway, the fact that he uh, they didn't follow through on transferring him, and I, and no one knows really why they didn't follow through on transferring him. But if you look at the Broward County School District's policy of trying to keep people there for the for the credits and and not to admit failure because it jeopardizes their federal dollars. There's a possibility they just kept him there just because they didn't want it to look like they failed. So anyway, he then dropped out because he was his grades were failing and they didn't move him. And he wasn't getting the special help he could have gotten that was available to him if he stayed there. He didn't get any of that help. And so he stayed there and then he failed out. Because they didn't transfer him when he wanted to be transferred. And, and to tell you the truth, I mean, I, I have actually, you know, I don't, I don't have any sympathies for people who, whose reaction to their disabilities in their, and their failures is to just go out and kill people. But looking at this story, how could you not have a degree of sympathy for someone who clearly – or empathy at least for somebody who clearly even as even hit in the throes of his worst mental condition still was lucid enough to say, Hey, I need some help. I'll, I'll go to this other school. If, 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 if that's what it takes, I'll go to this special needs school, whatever, Nicholas back to the lunchroom. I, I, I have to talk about, uh, how terrible Donald Trump is in the lunchroom here. So uh, with my fellow NEA teachers, I can't bo- be bothered with you. Dropped out due to failing grades on February 8th, 2017. Three days later, purchased the AR-15. And then a year later, deadliest shooting in in the U.S., how much did I miss the story? I realized it was a busy week last week and everything else, but apparently I didn't, uh, I, I must've missed the story because I, I didn't see it covered to any large degree at all. And, and, and I, and I wonder why that is that it wasn't covered to any degree in the, in, in the, in the regular news cycle. I mean, I, I generally, I, I think I'm sometimes I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty open and, and pretty thorough in my news gathering and news watching. I didn't hear a word about this failure. I didn't hear a word about how. There was help available for Nicholas Cruz, the deadliest mass school shooter in the nation's history, 
I didn't, I didn't hear about how he actually asked for help and didn't get it. I didn't hear about the fact that there was help for him and it wasn't given. I didn't hear about the abdication of the Broward County School District of its responsibilities in, in helping this guy. I didn't, I didn't hear any of that. And, 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 my, and my sense is it's because the fact of the matter is they still want to maintain this meme, this, this, this claim that we need to have more gun control, that we need to have more of this control, more of that control. We need to, 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 to after the shooting, what they do, they turn their attention to you, your guns, your problems, when all the while – it was sadly the fact that they just didn't hold up their end of the bargain in, in helping a kid who actually asked for help. I mean, it'd be different if he never asked for help and, and was just a, a, a blazing, crazy, mentally ill kid and, and didn't actually have any meetings at all. But there was meeting after meeting after meeting about this guy and yet didn't get the, didn't get the help. It's uh, pretty crazy, but there you have it. There you are with the truth about Nicholas Cruz and the Parkland school shooting. Yeah, that's the truth. Hey, uh, is my computer up or um, it is? Yeah, live from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Be back in just a second. Good morning this morning and happy Friday, everybody. Good morning this morning again. Welcome to Radio Free Alvin. Don't forget to get your brand new colors and your hats. I'm wearing actually the camo hat. I've kind of switched it up a little bit. I normally uh, wear my just my general, the blue one that I like so much. But I actually like my camo. So I'm where I'm sporting that now. And I have my little uh, 
my little uh, my little Italy shirt that I got when I was uh, over in Italy. I normally don't uh, do the. I don't like. I I wait a little bit. I want to wear it the day I get back. You know. <laughs> uh, now I I definitely uh, am sporting my Italian, my Italy. I really love that country. And as Genevieve Wood pointed out, she was just over in Croatia and Slovenia, and she pointed out that these individuals just absolutely love uh, the United States, and uh, you can super tell over there uh, how much they do. I'm taking this thing out here, buddy. I'm going to play something, Matt, here. Uh, I'm going to put it back in this thing. I'm using my iPad on this one. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having... I, I guess it's a. It might be an update on the computers or something, but the 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 my phone, which I can't figure out with the Apple product. My phone is uh, when I'm in the sun, my phone darkens to where I can't see the damn thing when in the sun. It darkens. How how, how why is that that it darkens when I'm in the sun? I need it to be light in the sun so I can see it. Why is it darkening? Matt thinks he knows. Well, he probably does know. It tries to dim it to make compensate for the sun so you can see it better, but it doesn't work very well. No. It uh, doesn't work at all. No, there should be a setting that you can turn that off. I know, but there's not. At all? No, there's no little, there's no, I've tried it and, you know, uh, you know, I, I just it, it didn't, didn't, uh, it didn't happen. So I, I mean, I, I know that there's a setting on there, but I, but there, there might be, but I've looked over and over and over again on the internet and everything else. I can't find it. And then my damn, uh, my, my, then my, then my, my MacBook dims, uh, I guess because it's, it's trying to save the battery if it's not plugged in. And I'm like, well, I'll be the one to determine whether or not I want to save my battery you don't have to do it for me. There's a reason why I have my screen bright, and it's so I can see it. So if you don't mind, Apple, don't turn my thing down, my screen down light. I'll control that. Same thing with my iPad. It does that too. If it's not plugged in, it's suddenly like, I know what we'll do. We'll automatically turn it down just for you. We're doing you a favor. It's like, I don't need you to do that for me. If I, if I want it dimmer, I'll make it dimmer. And if I want it brighter, I'll make it brighter. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm arguing with strangers who I, I, who I don't even know who made the thing and who they are. I'm arguing with strangers. Yeah. All right. So you, you, you saw that NBC News uh, has their Erase the Hate campaign going on now. This is, uh, is NBC Universal. And they, and they came up with this Erase the Hate promo brought to us by Princess Nokia. It's a music video. And it coincides with the one-year anniversary of the rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, the Unite the Right rally. And I guess because apparently they're claiming that the U.S. is full of hate – when the only hate I'm seeing is towards Trump supporters and in the media, Trump supporters out in public, P- 
people with Trump bumper stickers, Republicans who vote with Donald Trump getting shot at, threatened. So I'm not quite sure. I don't know what, they, what, what hate they're talking about here. I don't, I don't really know what they're talking about. And they're not just being coy here. I don't, I don't know what hate they're talking about. Because the hate I'm seeing is the hate I'm seeing from, like, for instance, Jim Acosta and CNN as they butcher stories and, and, and attack President Trump. The hate I'm seeing is from uh, individuals like the Never Trumper crowd and the people on the left who say that people who support Trump are horrible, despicable, xenophobic. Hitler-esque everything else. What do you think is like, – like it's funny how the media claims that mere criticism of them for their false stories endangers their lives. Well, let me tell you something. What do you think comparing Trump supporters to Nazis does to them? Well, you know what it does to them, right? It gets them attacked with bike locks like we saw in California – Last year at a rally, and this was at a free speech rally, and these are individuals who came out, and many of them supporting Donald Trump, and it was a free speech rally last year, supporting conservatives, and I'm looking at a video right now that I'm seeing right there on YouTube. In all of its full glory, can you uh, can you turn up my volume here on this one, please? You don't mind? Not there. Okay, hang on. All right. Oh shit! He's bleeding. Yo yo yo! I'm I'm watching a guy hit by a college professor. With a bike lock. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just watching one guy hit by a college professor with a bike lock in his hand. I'm seeing seven people. I'm seeing seven Trump supporters hit with a bike lock at a free speech rally one year ago. He's bleeding bad. He's bleeding bad. This is a, this, 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 what do you call that? Is, is that, is that hate? You're damn right it is. But, but, so, so what exactly is uh, Princess Nokia talking about? What, what, what hate is she talking about? Because you know damn well Princess Nokia isn't talking about the hate meted out by a, college professor in California who hit seven people with a bike lock. Surely she's not talking about the hate meted out at a Trump supporter at a rally who had egg thrown right in her face. I'm not princess. Nokia can't be talking about the hate that we saw on tape uncovered by our friends over at the, uh, at the um, project, I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, Veritas Project Veritas, where they where they had people on tape plotting 
to attack Trump supporters as they stood in line for a rally? Is, is that what Princess Nokia is talking about? Probably not. Is she talking about the hate of the liberal creep from Belleville who went up to D.C. and shot Republicans with a gun? Is she talking about that hate? Is she talking about the hate that I saw on tape of a Trump supporter rally running away? Running away from pursuing leftists. Is she talking about the hate that was brought about by Hillary Clinton when she called Trump supporters deplorable? I don't think so. Is she talking about the hate meted out by the likes of Glenn Beck and his never Trumper National Review crowd? who compared Trump supporters to Nazi youth? Is she talking about that hate? I don't think she is. So I'm trying to figure out what hate is she talking about? You mean mean the one time where individuals had a rally in defense of a Confederate monument, which, by the way, as far as I know, is okay to defend a Confederate monument, and then they were accosted by left-wing thugs. And then one of the Confederate statue supporters or whatever it is lost his temper and rammed his car into a crowd, which was terrible. And it's a terrible crime. I, but but is that is, is, is that the, the hate they're talking about, that one instance? Because I, because I know when I hear Jim Acosta talking about how dangerous it is for, um, for journalists these days, I'm thinking, I don't know. I haven't seen a journalist attacked at all in the U.S. I mean, I know, I know it's dangerous to be a real journalist like in other countries because they, they've actually legitimately have things to fear. But I, I, haven't, I haven't seen journalists attacked here. I've seen you – pretending you're going to be attacked i've seen you fantasizing that you're in danger but i've never seen any 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 journalist really in danger so trying to figure out so so what exactly is the hate that princess nokia is talking about in the nbc erase the hate campaign here's to the people who work every day to make the world better stronger and great let's stand for the people who cannot make noise let's stand for the people who don't have a voice now is the time a time for a change the start of a chapter the turn of a page time to reflect and improve our ways join hands together and erase the hate now more than ever is that we need voices whose passion sends power all over the masses to people in office and children in classes we need the people that cause the reactions we need the artists who fight with their passions who rap and they sing and they stand into action we need the leaders who speak to the youth bringing equality courage and truth this is the time to peacefully say we need solutions and we need a change so we may start over and begin as one erase the hate and stand for a call erase the hate erase the hate erase the hate yeah. So I, as far as I know, the solution she's including there is somebody with a spray paint can and a rapper and a football coach. 
I was actually looking at this in the uh, on the YouTube channel. It's a minute long. It's an erase the hate thing, and I was looking for an image of me in there. I was looking for a white male in there. And interestingly enough, there's not one white male in there. You, you know how it is. They, 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 a lot of these, they do what they like on these commercials do. You rarely see a, like a white male represented uh, in these. Usually when the white male is represented, he's the dad, the hapless, stupid dad in a, uh, in a sitcom. That's normally where you see white males. But and 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 in commercials, usually they're uh, they're uh, shaggy, hipster-looking dudes. That's where you see a white male. But I didn't see I didn't see a white male in this at all. And obviously, I've I've taken a few film courses here and there. I've taken a few courses in marketing and things like that. And the. The situation with uh, with that is you can you can do a lot of powerful things with imagery, and you can do a lot of powerful things not only with what you include, but with what you don't include. And when you don't include in an erase the hate thing, a white male. I think there was one younger white male standing next to an older black male as if he was and this was a this was a football coach. So presumably obviously the imagery there is that the only key uh, the only saving grace for the white male is to be led around by the nose by a minority. Look at the look at the ad actually if if you could sit through this terrible Wrapping of Princess Nokia. If if you if you look at it as a cinematic piece, that's clearly because because no in in every kind of uh, every kind of production, uh, and especially on commercials and in you know uh, in in PSAs like this. Every single moment is weighed. Every single part of it, every single image is designed. This is a minute long. Every millisecond has been storyboarded and put up there and has been talked about as to, what, as to the assessment of what they're going to do. And so it's interesting that there isn't a white male represented. And the only one that's represented in this bit is a young white male standing next to an all-powerful older black male. And the insinuation there is that the older black male will be the one to teach whitey how to act. It's kind of like and, – and, and again, you won't find a white male in there that has any kind of stature at all in this piece. They give more spa- stature to some some uh, hood rat holding a spray paint can because because apparently the the hood rat with the spray paint can is going to be my ticket to uh, to love in this country. So it's interesting, and so the presumption, of course, by leaving out 
any white male of any regard, the obviously in, in the insinuation there is that when you erase the hate, the hate actually is the white male. That's the hate. Because otherwise you'd have a white male in the piece, wouldn't you? Saying, for instance, erase the hate. Because they have all these people saying erase the hate. But they don't have a white male in there saying erase the hate. It's everybody else. And the presumption is that the only hate we see in this country is delivered by the white male. That's the insinuation of this piece. Look at it. Check it out. Every bit of imagery is chosen for a reason. And it's like when you do a uh, when you do a uh, when you see some of these commercials and you uh like like like, like they'll purposely like uh, make sure that the guy in the piece in the commercial you can see his wedding ring because some commercials, you know, you you, you, you you could I don't I can't give you an example of what the commercial might be. You all can come up with them, but pay attention to what you see in commercials, and you'll see that, you know, in some things they'll they'll want to show that the guy's married for a reason. I don't know why. You know, it might be because you're thinking, is that guy gay? No, oh, he's got a wedding ring on. Okay, gotcha. Which doesn't mean you're not gay, but I'm just. But anyway, you know what the symbolism of that is. So you'll see those little bits. So, so every, every little millisecond of every PSA, every commercial you see is chosen, storyboarded. People in a, there are people in a room who are picking every single scene there. Like, for instance, I did uh, see a commercial. I didn't, I didn't hear the commercial, but I saw it. And it was for a, uh, it was for a website that helps you find a car. Uh, I can't remember. It's like an app that helps you find a car. And, boy, you watch commercials or, or TV, and if you're a white male, good luck finding anybody represented positively. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not ultra-sensitive. I really don't care. My, my self-worth isn't wrapped up in whether or not, you know, Procter & Gamble makes a white man look good. I don't really care, but, 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 but pay attention. Like I was, so I, so it just, I saw the commercial cause I was working out and the TV was on and I saw it without sound and it's, and it's a commercial and you guys can, you guys have probably seen it already. If you watch TV, it was a commercial. It was during Fox news, I think. Anyway, so it's got the, there's this, uh, there's this, uh, scraggly, kind of scraggly, bearded, tired-looking, pale, wasted-looking 30-something dude with a cup of coffee in his hand, and he walks into his uh, walks into a room, and he's got all these pictures of cars and, and maps and strings that are going across town and a map of town and all this kind of stuff. And presumably, this is a guy having a hard time making a choice for a car uh, and, and, and trying to figure this out. And, and frankly, actually, just as a regular human being, if you're taking that much time and, you, and, and, and that, it's really that hard for you to find a car, that's disturbing. I realize, I understand due diligence and 
trying to find the right price. But and obviously, I also understand hyperbola and how many people will create a straw man just to kind of you know it's it's kind of like when um, when when you see commercials for things that uh, that fix things or pick up things uh, or or you know like like let's let's think for instance like a, a like the knife commercials you know. And they'll say, "Look at this amazing knife! This knife, blah blah blah, blah blah." And the and the what they uh, for, and, the, and then they'll say, "Forget about those other knives," and you'll have somebody you know trying to cut a banana and smooshing it all over, and you know throwing up their hands. Oh, I can't stand this! I need this knife, you know that kind of thing. So they make it look. So I understand that that there aren't many guys really like that. But anyway, he's there and he can't figure it out, and so lo and behold, his wife or his girlfriend walks in. And takes his phone out of his hand and shows him the app for the for the uh, for the car search thing, and he's like, "Wow, what would I do without a woman?" Or what would I? And, and it's like, "There's there's your you know hipster, you know kind of hapless male, you know can't can't find a car on his own and can't figure it out, and you know it's that it's that kind of imagery that you see, and and it's kind of frustrating." But we've kind of long given up on whether or not commercials or television shows are gonna are gonna are gonna present the white male or the dad, for instance, in a in a positive manner. And when they do, they cancel the show. So, like they did over at ABC with uh, what's his face's show. So back to where it all began, California, one year ago. The bike lock college professor who who injured seven people with a bike lock, seven Trump supporters who were attacked by this one guy with a bike lock. It's assault. It's on it's on it's on tape. I, I showed you the tape or played the tape for you. You could hear the sound of him hitting people. And uh, lo and behold, uh, he's on tape. You can see his face, everything else. Hit seven people with a bike lock, the Trump supporters, at a free speech rally, which, by the way, is clearly, even for that matter, a civil rights violation. If you, if you for instance, went to a Black History Month rally and hit a black dude with a bike Lock, what do you think would happen to you? Well, you'd be, first of all, front page news. And secondly, you'd be charged with assault. And thirdly, you might even be charged with a civil rights violation. But at this rally, Trump supporters were there uh, promoting free speech. And Antifa showed up, like they always do, as a mob, as a, as a squad, and the college professor happened to be part of that, hit seven people with a bike lock. And lo and behold, ultimately what happened is they're all bleeding. They're all assaulted. And he gets arrested. And you know what his sentence is? Because you think, man, if this were some kind of dude, well, if this were you, let's put it this way. Or, or if this were the guy down the street who was caught on tape, the 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 let's say the guy from U City or something on a caught on tape doing this, uh, you, they'd be in prison right now. 
or let's put it this way. If this were a Trump supporter who attacked a Hillary Clinton supporter with a bike lock, that, that, that person would be, that person would be in prison right now and would probably be held up as a example of hate. He might even appear in Princess Nokia's Erase the Hate video. Yeah, uh, and maybe that's it. Maybe he would be, maybe that person would be there. It'd be front page, be used as another example. Jim Acosta would use it. See, this is what happens to people who try to tell the truth. They get attacked by Trump supporters, blah, 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 be used by, but, but no. You know what this guy got after going through the court system? And, and after, after hitting people in the head with a, with a U-lock? Seven people. He got, he got, and by the way, while he's, while he's wearing, he has his, he has his face covered. Has his face covered. He's wearing a mask. He's such a coward. Three Three years of probation. He's free. Actually, never actually spent any time in jail at all. Three years probation. Uh, it was part of a plea deal. And, and why you have a plea deal of a guy who was caught on tape, dead to rights, why, why you even have to make a deal with the guy who struck seven people in the head at a free speech rally. One of the victims had a a laceration that required five staples to fix. They searched the guy's home. They found documents that linked him to the local Antifa group. They found bike locks and clothing similar to what he used. And... Cell phone tower data placed him right there. And he gets charged with a misdemeanor battery charge. All felony charges against him were dismissed. And the charge against him for wearing a mask during the assault was also dropped. The claim is somehow that, oh, uh, we made this plea deal because we got some inside information about the Antifa group that's really, uh, that's really going to help us down the line. But nothing's happened to the Antifa group. It, whatever information he apparently was giving them uh, is, uh, hasn't paid off. Nothing's happened to these people. But yeah, he gets gets uh, three years probation. So that was a hateful act that has all but give, been forgiven, basically. And if you think that this is going to create an environment where individuals will stop doing this, you're crazy. They, 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 they've only been encouraged by 
by this. They've only been encouraged by the folks who are just simply looking the other way. And in fact, I'm still trying to find, and I, and I have uh, been still trying to find the example, like one example where a Hillary Clinton supporter or a left-wing individual or a liberal individual or a Democrat, for that matter, has ever been assaulted by a Trump supporter. I'm still trying to find one example and, and, and I, I can't I can't find one example. I can't find any examples of anybody being attacked by a Trump supporter. I can't find one example of a journalist being attacked by a Trump supporter. But video after video after video, I'm finding examples of liberals or left wingers or radical left wingers and Hillary Clinton supporters and Bernie Sanders supporters harming people physically. If they're not shooting them, they're hitting them with bike locks, knocking Make America Great Again hats off their heads or whatever, all with relative impunity. The individuals in D.C., there were 100-plus of them. On the day of President Trump's inauguration, these Third world monkeys decided they were going to go out and burn things and break windows and attack storefronts and those kinds of things. And to my knowledge, not one of these individuals has been put in jail. Not one of them. And, and, and by the way, when you do this in D.C., it's a federal crime. So to my knowledge, not any of them have been sent to prison. Or, or, or to jail, for that matter. And I realize I don't know what generally the laws are for first offenses or whatever. But I haven't seen any punishment of these individuals. So I'm just trying to get – I'm trying to figure out what, what is uh, – what's going on here and, and you know, what, what's, what's happening here. Because th- these people that I'm looking at are getting away scot-free. And then it's gotten so bad that now the – the left-wing media and others, they have to invent threats. They have to invent the idea that there's a run on hate out there. They have to come up with ads that uh, PSAs to erase the hate. I'm like, what hate are you talking about? Because all the hate I see is towards Trump supporters and Trump himself and Melania and Barron, and Ivanka, or whatever. So I don't know what you're talking about when you're saying erase the hate. The hate problem seems to be with the people who don't like the outcome of the election and don't like the people who made the outcome unfavorable to them, and it would be voters. So I don't know. They have to invent it. Or or they have to uh, run people off the air and, and invent the idea, like, for instance, with me, that I somehow threatened to sexually assault somebody, which is ridiculous. And, and, and take things literally. Like, for instance, I'm not taking it literally, this Democrat congressman 
who are politician who's caught on tape telling a bunch of pastors he thinks Trump ought to tell Marsha Blackburn to jump off a bridge. I'm thinking, okay, well, I've heard, I've heard the jump off a bridge thing before. I've heard the take a hike thing, jump in a lake thing. And when I hear people say jump off a bridge, I don't think that they really mean that. They, they, they don't really mean that. So as a conservative, I'm more than happy to defend a Democrat who says jump off a bridge because I don't really think that that person is, is, uh, is really going to make somebody jump off a bridge. And besides that, even if you tell somebody to jump off a bridge, now, now if the guy said they, that, that Trump ought to push Marsha Blackburn off a bridge, might be a different story there. But telling somebody to go jump off a bridge, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be a threat to me. See? Now, if it were a Republican telling somebody that a Democrat should jump off a bridge, oh, all hell would break loose. You'd be, you'd be addressed by Princess Nokia in her Erase the Hate video. How about this one? Here's another. Here's an example for you. There's a lot of big companies out there. By the way, this is, this is another MSNBC soundbite preceded by a gun ad, which I just adore. Your defense is a business. For us, it's personal. The XDS Mod 2, now in 9mm, designed for your personal defense. Capacity never trumps reliability. That, that was the that was the tag here. Anyway, Republicans responsible for corruption, sixty percent. Seems like this um, sounds like a, another election that we went through. I don't know in two thousand and six or going back to the nineties. Small potatoes corruption. If you go back to two thousand and six, I mean, you look what's going on in Washington D.C. today. The culture around the lobbying community. I mean, Jack Abramoff looks like a piker compared compared to these people. I mean, this is full-on banana republic stuff. This doesn't happen in healthy liberal democracies. It's just utterly lawless. The greed, the corruption, and I think when I look at those numbers, and that there would be close to an even split on the question of who is more corrupt, Republicans or Democrats, speaks to a staggering failure on the part of the Democratic Party and its leaders to prosecute a case against this lawless and corrupt administration. Because what this administration is doing is ripping off the American people. And it's not penny ante ripping off. It's wholesale stealing, wholesale corruption. The, it is a level of disgustingness in, in behavior that is that has not ever been seen in, in the modern era in this country. Could it just be- um, so Steve Schmidt concludes that Donald Trump's GOP must burn to the ground. And of course, he's a former Republican, and now he's an anti-never-Trumper, hates Republicans. And when he says that the GOP, Trump's GOP, should burn to the ground, do I really think he thinks that the GOP should burn to the ground? That he's going to light the GOP on fire and it's going to burn? No, I don't. So even if I disagree with the guy, I'm not going to go and say, oh, he said it's going to burn to the ground. That's a threat. It's like, no, it's not. Now, uh, to a larger degree, I do want to tell you uh, that 
Do you realize what he's talking about, right? He's talking about the allegations of insider trading against the Republican congressman. That's what he's talking about. Which, which I'm not laughing off the charge, which is obviously serious. But this guy is going ape and drawing these wide, gigantic conclusions about the GOP based on one Republican congressman who has been who has been accused of insider trading. And the deal is they have a uh, they have a pretty damn good case against this guy. It looks like to me. But but it, but it's 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 one Republican congressman, all right. And on top of that, the reason why he's drawing these rash conclusions is the same reason why, for instance, all the networks have decided that this Republican congressman is Trump's problem, right? Welcome to CBS This Morning. The first congressman to endorse President Trump's campaign says he's running for re-election despite insider trading charges. Yeah. The Republican from New York, one of Trump's earliest and most loyal mm-hmm. supporters. Donald Trump is a movement. Oh, Chris, right from the beginning, he said Trump is going to win. Collins was the first sitting congressman to openly support Donald Trump's candidacy back in 2016. I mean, you get the point there. Every network made this all about Donald Trump when Congressman Collins was arrested for insider trading. And these folks are just simply skewing the numbers and obviously making a mountain out of a molehill. But because it's tied to Trump, it's okay. They can just simply try to make this to be Trump's problem because the guy dared support President Trump. Now, keep in mind, the networks on the Collins story each spent average six, seven minutes on this story. And, of course, in TV, that's a lot lot of time. That's that's an eternity. They spent a lot of time on this story and never failed – to mention that he was a supporter of Donald Trump. Now, you compare that to the coverage of, well, let's say two congressmen. One was in Pennsylvania. This person was accused of bribery. It was a a year-and-a-half-long trial of a Pennsylvania congressman who was accused and then convicted of bribery. I, you don't remember the person's name. I don't either. I don't even know. But, I, but you know, I, and I could, I could, it was uh, Fata or somebody, it was somebody, 68 seconds of coverage, 68 seconds. The Media Research Council crunched the numbers on the 68 seconds of coverage on that total. Now, that person was a supporter of Barack Obama. And there wasn't one mention of a supporter of Barack, a, a longtime supporter of Barack Obama or Nancy Pelosi or whatever. Nope, never mentioned any ties to that. Then in Florida, there was a congressman accused of fraud. Went to trial. Everything else was convicted of fraud. A Florida congressman. How much coverage do you think the networks gave that? Zero. In fact, it was never mentioned by any network ever in the establishment media. Never mentioned at all. Zero coverage. And this person was an Obama supporter. Came up through the ranks of the Democratic Party. And there wasn't any any ties at all to, to uh, made by these people to uh, 
to President Obama or anything else. And you know what? I don't think there should have been. I, I don't think I don't think that it was relevant that these two Congress people, they're Democrats, supported Barack Obama. This isn't Barack Obama's problem. Barack Obama didn't 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 come in an act of bribery, and Barack Obama didn't commit an act of fraud. Some congressman who just happened to support him did, or two. It didn't get any coverage except for 68 seconds for one of them. So why is it that the news media is obsessing over this GOP congressman who is accused of insider trading who uh, who happened to support President Trump, and they're devoting mini-doc time to this guy? And again, by the same token, it's not relevant that he supported President Trump, but it is where the networks hate President Trump, and anybody who's ever looked at him who might be committed of a crime is uh, is 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 given an inordinate amount of attention. So much so that even this never Trump or Schmidt guy decides that this is an example of why the GOP needs to burn to the ground and why the Republican Party sucks. Oh, I get it. Okay, fine. I mean, that's that's the kind of uh, of of situation we have now, where this kind of coverage happens. And again. Uh, I don't believe that there should be any insinuations made at all about this guy and his ties to President because he doesn't he's not tied to President Trump. He supported him. But they're acting like President Trump is the one who gave the guy the tip about the stocks. And it was wasn't he wasn't the case there. So it just depends on on who's uh, who wants to who they want to punish this news media. And that's what they're doing uh, with this story about Collins. It's bad what he did. Or he allegedly did. But it's not a reflection on President Trump. It's like when I tell you, and jokingly, if you go to the smoking gun, or why don't you just Google smoking gun and uh, let's say Obama t-shirts, mugshots. And I've brought this up before because it's kind of funny. You go there. And Smoking Gun compiled a list of like 70 people who have been accused of crimes with their mugshots and they're wearing Obama T-shirts. Which I think is pretty funny, but I'm not seriously thinking that because they have Obama T-shirts that that somehow Obama is tied to their crimes. I mean, heaven forbid Collins wore a. Make America Great Again hat one time. I'm sure they're scouring the planet for a shot of Congressman Collins with a Make America Great Again hat on, you know? So, hey, by the way, I don't know whether you noticed on the Radio Free Allman uh, page, the Facebook page, I put a picture of my buddy Chris Espana who was uh, over there at Bell Reeve yesterday and saw a lot of people who went to the golf tournament out there, but he wore, was sporting his uh, Radio Free Almond hat. So I'm asking those of you who might uh, be there at Belle Reve, uh, go ahead and uh, send the pictures to me on the message portion of the Facebook page, and uh, I will uh, put your picture up there representing the Radio Free Almond hats or gear or whatever it is you happen to be. So uh, love it when you guys do that, and I appreciate you uh, very much. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. Golly, it's Friday already, and we are already done. I appreciate uh, Discovery Design uh, and and my guys there, DiscoveryDesignInc.com, and Rick and uh, Jerry Pogue and the rest of the family for supporting 
Radio Free Allman and supporting uh, the studio because you guys uh, do a fantastic job up there building trucks from the ground up, and uh, they are helping people with fleets uh, make sure they have the best equipment possible. They're wrapping, they're painting, they're adding hoists and conveyors and all kinds of things, light kits, you name it. They have it all for you. They're a national company. And they have managed to just wow everybody with what they do for trucks and truck fleets. It's Discovery Design Inc. Thank you also to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Hope you guys can get down there for a little weekend drink or a cigar right there off of Vogel Road. Mike Marino and the gang have uh, a really – they spent a lot of money on the uh, exhaust system there. Whoops, sorry. I'm going to put my plug in. I'm going to get my outro here. We'll have to figure this out. Maybe get a, maybe get a new uh, – can we do two plugs on this? My double dipping if I do. Yeah, Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Mike and Shannon. Mike really invested a lot of money into the exhaust system there. So you can go there and you don't leave smelling like an ashtray. It's really awesome. So that's why a lot of couples go down there and people go down there for their party needs. So even if you don't smoke a cigar, it's a great place to sit and have a nice drink, a nice whiskey or something like that. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency for his support of this uh, wonderful show. Matthew's been a longtime friend of mine and a uh, guy who's amazing when it comes to your comes to your life insurance needs and your car insurance needs, your home insurance needs. I know he's my guy, and it's 855-QUOTE-ME. That's the that's the number to get your quote from Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Thank you, Dr. Eric Naputi, for all your help, too, NaputiWellness.com. And thank you also to Chris Kahneman for your support. Chris Kahneman there at Mattress King, 636-698-5167, 636-698-5167. And call for an appointment today, tomorrow from 10 to 2. It's open to the public. You can walk on in. But normally it's by appointment. It keeps his costs low and keeps your mattress costs low. Mattress King, St. Peter's, one Mattress King on Facebook. Tell them you heard about them from Radio Free Allman. That would be awesome, too. All right, folks, have a great weekend. See you Monday.